0: Hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to our Super Nationals edition of the EKN Debrief, our post-race podcast where we dive into the race report. This is episode number 104. It is November the 23rd, just a couple days from the 25th running of the biggest karting event in North America, the Superkarts USA Super Nationals, which were held, of course, from November 16th to the 20th at the Real All Suite Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. The EKN Crew uh, in dire need of some sleep good that uh, Thanksgiving's coming on coming on soon so so uh, david and nate can get some maybe a little bit of rest away from the office uh let's jump into the folks uh, this week's show presented by the Allen rudolph racing academy if you want to improve your results it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen rudolph racing academy located at the state-of-the-art speed sports racing park just north of houston The Alan Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. All right, David. All right, Nate. Let's get things rolling here. The 25th running the event. David, the 12th time they had this race at the Rio All-Suite Hotel and Casino. We always call it kind of the spiritual home of the Supernats because that was the the destination when it finally was able to leave the desert and Las Vegas Karting Center to come into the big city. So kind of uh, everybody feels that the Rio is a place where the Supernationals need to be. Bottom line is this. November 16th to the 20th, we had probably some of the best weather we've had. Colder mornings, but man beautiful blue skies all week long.
1: Well, yeah, last year I think it was probably the best weather we had cuz it was warm pretty warmer, much yeah, warmer all the way through. Uh, but for at the Rio, yeah, it was yeah. you know we we would typically have a wind day or we would have a cold day or we'd have a rain day. Uh, we didn't have any of that. So the sun was blue, the sky the, sun, uh, the sky was blue. <laughs> oh my See, okay. I need sleep, man. Dude, listen, it's sleep.
0: Listen, all three of us are allowed to make a bunch of mistakes in this podcast because we're all shot right now.
1: Yeah, and Nate's a young one. He should be ready to go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but you you, you you work his (laughs) day he needs sleep. There's the admitting. Listen, we all need sleep, man. It's early mornings, late nights for sure.
1: So the sky was blue. The sun was shining You'll all five days. That was uh, the key element. And yeah. yeah, it was a little bit colder at night, a couple of the days, you know, dependent on the wind. That was the major factor was was if the wind was out, it was colder. And Sunday, you know, certainly Super Sunday was probably the better of all five days uh, throughout the week. I,
0: I, I want to say this, this the, the coldest place at the entire venue was up at the tower where you guys were all weekend. Like, yep. <laughs> it was so cold up there. The wind whistling through had the cover over the tent over top of it. So you didn't have any sun on you. It was just like it was that was the coldest place. Everywhere else you could walk around in a t-shirt almost sometimes. Well,
1: and, and that's one thing I said to uh the cart chaser guys was is you guys don't need to be up here. You guys could have set up in, in the containers down below and been in the in the warmth the entire time because True. again, <laughs> you guys aren't necessarily watching the racetrack. You're supposed to be watching off the uh the video. And, uh, but, uh, you know, that could be something for next year or next time. But, um, yeah, Nate, Nate, uh, once he was done, he escaped down below because it was so, it was so cold up top because of the, where that's where the wind was going.
0: And, And no sun, you weren't getting hit with that sun, which was really, really nice throughout the week. Um. Let's go to the by the numbers, as we do in all of our editions of the debrief. Uh, last year, 2021, first year back after the COVID uh, cancellation, 486 entries heading out to Las Vegas Motor Speedway. A stunning uh, advancement this year, 587. David, I think is that what you came up with, all told, for the uh, for the weekend? Yeah,
1: 587 is the wow. record or recorded number of for entries at the Super Nationals for this year. Uh, yeah, it's solid number, you know, that's, you know, almost, you know, it's 101 more than last year, which is surprising, but not really when you factor in all the different international drivers, the addition of master K 100 master and the increase in, in entries we saw in master shifter. So, uh, certainly, uh, not the highest, you know, again, the highest 602 was in 2013 at the Rio when we had. Uh, 12 different categories, but this ranks up there as the uh, second largest ever super nationals.
0: Yeah. We'll see a lot of interest in that K 100 master category that uh, I ran in this year. And if they opened that up, you could see it happen again. Mini swift, uh a cap this year but not last year 49 so 49 in mini 46 in micro so super strong numbers over 100 drivers in the cadet categories alone they opened up ka 100 master and went up to 67 juniors was just the one category but filled up at 48 so not, no cancellations because they normally do go past the 44 to, just in case there's cancellations david you mentioned it um and we'll actually we'll, we'll wait till the end on that one x30 master strong as well at 45 which i think probably a positive for Suzuki cuz I know that when they brought in KA100 Master there was discussion that they were maybe worried that guys would run the KA class but not the X30 Master's class 49 for KA100 Master on its debut and 45 for X30 Master so a bunch of crossover but still great numbers in X30
1: and not a lot of crossover but the international numbers helped in the in the X30 Master side of things where You know, the K100 master was, again, essentially zero until we announced you announced that you were running. So that's, you know, that was the big turning point. And then towards the end, that's when we got some of the the guys to do double dip. And as we saw, it certainly uh, paid off for a few of
0: them. And, uh, and then we look at the ka 100 senior category 79 strong not the 93 that we had last year but 79 and then x30 senior 87 last year 88 this year so great numbers in the senior classes and then uh, let's go back to where I was going with there just massive explosion in shifter cart racing essentially a, a, an almost 100 move over to the kz and number of drivers were on the IME 175 still but David from last year to this year, Master Shifter 19 to 42, 42 entries this year, uh, close to being over over double, and then another essentially 50% increase for Pro Shifter from 50 to 74 drivers in Pro Shifter. We had a last chance qualifier. That's amazing to have in our Pro Shifter class.
1: Yeah, we hadn't had that since the early days of Sloan at Las Vegas Karting Center when uh, the numbers were big enough to be able to do that. But the master, you know, the master shifter brought in international drivers again there too. So that helps. But it also brought back a lot of drivers who had not been to the super nationals for some time uh, in the category. And I think having the, 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 the I guess, worldwide standardized uh, shifter cart engine program, engine package uh, uh, offered in this category certainly helped. You know, the 175 was was not exactly uh it, it, the concept I think was positive. Unfortunately, the rollout just didn't, it didn't appease to, to racers. It just, yeah. it didn't mend well. And I think that was kind of the, the downfall of, of the category, but now we're back we're, you know, we're coming back again. It's opened up drivers are going to spend what they want to spend or, or are going to want to race what they want to race. And it, it's showing, you know, numbers don't lie. And that's always a good thing. And again, you also have to factor in COVID. There's a lot of, you know, travel restrictions for international drivers. But also, you know, some of the Masters drivers may just not have wanted to be uh, in Las Vegas when when there was an uptick in, in COVID last year in December. So, sure enough. Um, you know, there are a lot, a lot of different factors. So we'll see what happens, uh, you know, moving forward for this category. I don't expect to see massive numbers at the Winter series, but you never know. It could this could be the jumpstart for that.
0: I hope. Well, I, I hope. I hope that is the case simply because it'd be great to see shifter cart racing it back to where it was a lot of international, like you said, but people were out driving a bunch of guys got into into carts that maybe hadn't been. So let's hopefully we'll see some bigger numbers, of course, uh, at the winter tour, uh, the scoops winter series, rather as well as the pro tour for 2023. All right, we're underway. We've talked about it. 587 entries at the summer (laughs) Nats. I mean, the super Nats, a fantastic 25th edition. Let's uh, jump for a quick break. When we get back, We will roll into the panic pass to give you some of the cool stuff that we saw away from the racetrack it all started in 1994 when former successful kart driver albino parolin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop that's when parolin was born Fast forward 20 years and Parolin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races, with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe, North America, and Asia, becoming the CIK FIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Parolin USA is North America's source for Parolin products we run a factory team at all of the major Supercars USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parolin chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag single-speed chassis for junior and senior classes, and the 28-millimeter mini-kart for the Cadet classes. Parolin has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro de Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. For over 20 years, Greg Bell has been building race-winning power for kart racers. One need only look at his team, leading-edge motorsports. He's always built engines for his team, and the results have been wins at the biggest races in America, the Scusa Super Nationals and the Rock Vegas events. The name on this program, Mega Power. This year alone, Bell and Danny Formel teamed up to sweep the Rock Shifter class on the Florida Winter Tour, all on a Mega Power engine. If you want to win shifter cart races, it's time to put Mega Power on your cart. Mega Power specializes in gearbox engines, such as the TMKZ, Rock Shifter, and IME Shifter, but with almost three decades of engine building experience, Bell develops winning motors for X30 and Mini Swift and everything in between. The combination of Greg Bell's engine building skills and his chassis tuning knowledge is a potent mixture. Greg's helped catapult many drivers to wins over the years, including Mercedes F1 star George Russell, who won the Super Nats 14 in 2011 with Leading Edge Motorsports. Increase your odds of winning at this year's Rock Vegas or Supernational events or throughout 2023 by calling Greg Bell today at 209-747-2613 to put mega power in your corner. Welcome back to episode 104 of our EKN Debrief. It's time for the Paddock Pass presented by Kart Republic and Kart Sport North America. The Kart Republic is here and it just keeps on winning. Kartsport North America is the country's importer and distributor for the Kart Republic chassis. And as a leader in American karting, they're focused on providing stability for the sport and quality products and service for the community. The Kart Republic senior and junior chassis are on fire and so is the mini kart, which is one in USB Cast, and WKA competition. For more information, contact Kartsport North America, where they offer top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. All right, guys. Let's get into the uh, the paddock pass here. First and uh, first and foremost, the return to the Rio.
1: Yeah, it's the yeah we returned. It's twelfth uh, as we said earlier, twelfth time back at the Rio. Uh, what fourth return, I guess you could say, because let's see, we returned back in two thousand eight after leaving Sam Boyd Stadium. We came back in twenty eighteen when we left the convention center. So it's essentially like the third return. Yeah, the Rio, I guess, uh, different eras. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's the same Rio though that I think that was kind of the downside of things. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, the opening couple of days of everybody arriving, there was really long lines, uh, for check-in The restaurants weren't exactly open, if open at all. Um, and, and, and the rooms weren't, uh, haven't been really touched other than maybe some mold and some other things. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, considering yeah, we had our our drainage uh, coming up instead of going down, so that just that was kind of the, the the welcome mat that you could say that we got when coming back to the Rio. Again, it's just that allure though of leaving your broom and walking down to the racetrack. I think yeah. that's just that it separates was- it from anything. And wow. and there's obviously the rumors going around that they are going to renovate it. Um, so until we start seeing construction trucks outside, I, am not going to believe it, but, um, it's still, it still has that allure.
0: It's, it's the location and it's the, like you said, it's the fact that the racetrack's tracks right outside the hotel. I felt the same way, you know, yeah, you're there at night and literally, you're trying to figure out, we, we had to figure out where we were going for dinner because this place wasn't open or that place isn't open. And, and especially during the middle of the week, there was nothing open, you know, the, the, some of the stuff wasn't open until Friday and Saturday, but then not Sunday, and or not even at lunchtime, or, or not hardly at all. I don't, I don't even know if go, Shagogo, the restaurant on the way out to the track, was ever open. I think I messaged you one time. I thought it was when I was coming out, but
1: it was in the morning. Yeah, it, they did. They did do breakfast down, but it was there.
0: like a buffet kind of breakfast. It was yeah,
1: but not until I think it was Thursday. Weird. It was super um, weird. Yeah, but then and then again, uh, you know, you you try to go to the deli, and the deli's <laughs> closed during the day, only open at night, and. So it's just weird hours. So again, yeah. it could be a possibility of, you know, um, you know, what we're seeing going around around the economy. Not a lot of workers in the in the area. So it,
0: I think you know, I think it's just the quality of the Rio. It's just it's not. And going, that's it, it's, that, it's just yeah, going that's what deal. it
1: boils down to. I mean, Nate, this was your first time staying at the Rio because you went to uh, the, the second West time. Westgate. Oh, second time. Sorry. OK, so yeah. you probably saw no changes this year as well, too. <laughs>
2: Yeah. It's funny. You come back some years later and nothing's changed and it's still not great, but (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's it. That's exactly it. hundred percent. What was great guys was the atmosphere in the paddock. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, the place was actually jam packed. Everybody was fired up. Um, to see all the big teams, some of the teams obviously getting even bigger. Obviously, I was with Rolls, a performance group. They seem to have a lot of, you know, always a lot of drivers. Same goes for uh, for PSL. They've, you know, over the last 20 years, been such a big part of this event. Uh, but David, you look at like the Trinity Carding Group, massive group of drivers this year. and USA, big group. Nash Motorsports had a big group. this the, the, the atmosphere itself in the paddock was pretty dynamic throughout the week, I think.
1: The Perlin one was the more unique one. That was that was pretty awesome. It was it was different because they had essentially, I think, four different tents. Uh, and one of them was just hospitality. And it was a massive hospitality changing room area. It was a really cool. Again, it was all ba- used, utilizing the, the rental tents aside from the pole position uh, tent that they used for a number of the mini and micro drivers here from yeah. the United States. But they also had, I believe, a ton of Australians there uh, in one tent and I believe they had a a Mexico tent. So it was, uh, it was, it was a cool little thing to see there. Um, and then as you said, the Trinity tent massive, you know, they've gone from having, I think it was in 2018 or maybe 2019, where it was just two drivers for Trinity carding group, both bailiff boys. And now they've got, they had this massive undertaking of, I think they said 28 drivers for, with 29 carts alone under their tent. And, uh, yeah, PSL. I mean, that's just a, always a massive, massive ordeal with uh, all the Burrell Art drivers yeah. and, and Rawlison with OTK and a lot of other teams. You know, GFC had a massive tent as well, too. So, yeah. again, a lot of teams, the Talcart had uh, two different tents. And, um, you know, you had some of the guys in the back with Franklin and MPG and and uh rem and just yeah again a lot again we leading lot, edge motor, we take up a, a lead, lot of space
0: leading edge motorsports as well in a pretty big group and they rolled out their new leading edge motorsports chassis as well
1: yeah and then the new uh ryan perry motorsport nitro kart combination that yep. was together as well too so yeah just a lot of uh unique um size of, of the tents. And, and again, we're, you know, we're, we're filling up that Rio parking lot more and more. And certainly with it being the second largest, it, 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 need, we needed that space. And that would, again, it'd be lovely to see them completely uh, reach that as well too. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and again, certain spots have certain uh, perks, you know, depending on where you are and, you know, you, some are close to the, to the, to the hotel itself, or some are closer to the grid than others. Or you're right there right next to the racetrack like you are with those in turn one. So a lot of different unique aspects uh, in terms of the paddock space. But as you said, the atmosphere throughout, you know, from Tuesday morning all the way to Super Sunday was was certainly uh, electric.
0: I know we don't have it written down in, in our, our script here, but one of the things that I was talking that, that I thought was interesting was the, some of the different chassis that, that we get to see again. Uh, kind of a return for the Maranello brand. Uh, mm-hmm. I was racing against Ryan Kassner and obviously Joe Rook was on the Marinello brand for Vermont Karting Company. We saw obviously David and know they don't have a really, they don't have a strong or really any kind of, I think of a, of a presence throughout the year, but h- how about energy cart with Nash, with uh, Nash Motorsports, able to get a win with, uh, um, top of my head, just lost his name. Tomas. Stolzermanis, 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 right? And he goes, what, first and second, right? Got a first and a second. And, uh, but just cool to see a couple brands that maybe we haven't seen for a while. Kind of getting back in here, getting rolling again.
1: Yeah, we've seen a little bit of the energy here and there in the yep. cadet level on the East Coast. And we, we know Nash has had a lot of uh, history with the brand in the past. You know, Jack Crawford was one yep. of their drivers back in the days, along with Christian Brooks. Uh, on the energy brand as well, too. So, Parker Thompson, yeah. yeah, Parker Thompson as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, again, I think that's one of the things we want to keep seeing. We want to keep seeing the factory uh, showing their support for the super nationals, because, again, there's there, it's a great way to to market their brand to the American market. It, it's it's if anything like, like like energy did they brought over the one one factory i think they had a couple factory drivers but tomas certainly uh elevated himself among all these drivers there in the senior categories and uh certainly gave uh energy a lot of awareness in terms yeah, of yeah. of on track uh success so again that could spur you know a, a dealer or or even a distributor to 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 perk up and start building that brand here in the U S. So I, I, I love to see that, you know, as you said, Marinello, um, that's another brand that has a lot of history. You and Jeffrey even has, you know, a a pass with that at CRG Nordam. So, a lot there. And I didn't get too much information on the leading edge program. Not exactly sure what, uh, what was going on with that. I'm not sure if you have any more.
0: details. Yeah. I I, I, t- I talked with Greg Bell about it. They're coming out with kind of their own program. They had a cart out out, out there. Uh, it's not, it's an IPK cart, I believe with IPK machinery, but it's kind of Greg's design stuff he's been working on. So it's really going to be under their brand name, which uh, you know, we're going to sit down with Greg, Uh, very soon before christmas to get a lot more information he's obviously you know amping things up with his his mega power uh engine building business but uh the the whole cart the whole rather the whole leading edge motorsports race thing it's actually gonna be focused on their new chassis So that's a lot more information to come there for sure um let's let's go i
1: got quick quick as we talk about carts nate i got a question for you is was there a a livery or is there a brand that stood out to you uh, throughout the week maybe a livery that special de- design that you kind of stood out for you
2: i think in terms of the vegas specials you have to go back to trinity and everything they did not just with the card graphics but between the suits the gas cans the apparel Trinity Carding Group just going all in with that car Republic, and nice. they looked very, very good this weekend.
0: Well, you looking- yeah, I got to agree with that. For yeah, sure. they did look pretty good, didn't they? They look solid. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do like the, the like like Nate mentioned the, the Vegas one offs. They're they're pretty. I I find them to be pretty cool when the guys are rolling that. What What do you think about the new Liquid Sky suits? Did you see those? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I saw them. They. Saw a bit too much of them, but I think they were
1: <laughs>
2: they were interesting. I like I did like Formals. I Formal had a bit of a Vegas special too, and I like the neon on his. Yeah, I thought jo- I thought Jaskus
0: was good, but you wouldn't. I, I don't. There's no way I was wearing one of those. Can you imagine that, Dave? <laughs> I would I would look good. <laughs> i <laughs> thought
1: your new i thought your new free m suit like uh, uh pretty yeah. sharp almost superhero-ish yeah well, with big e on the front yeah. so i was really, not, really <laughs> happy i mean may, yeah. maybe you're a hero for the super master guys i don't i can, know.
0: Live, I can live with that i can 100 live with that show them uh, how to spin right <laughs> wow you, you know one thing that was really good on the weekend because i was i was unbelievably surprised i think most people were that the track kind of performed better than i think we all looked at you know we You know, I think when we all looked at the track, like we're going backwards, this could be pretty ugly. Obviously, turn two and three really kind of set the tone for the starts, making it pretty chaotic, having to funnel everybody down to that super tight corner. But otherwise, like to drive it, I really enjoyed driving it. I'll tell you that.
1: You probably have the most experience out of all of us, Uh, out of the three of us on that. I Going in, I thought it was going to be pretty cool because, again, it brought back the old style turn one. We've seen that in the past at the Rio when we did go this direction,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we knew there was going to be passes going into seven, eight was going to be super quick. We all knew it. So it would maybe bring present itself with a passing opportunity into nine, which it did. And you proved that it did uh, yeah. on, on, on Jason's scuzzy North. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, coming on to the straight, the short little shoot there to the, to the checkered flag. That's that was going to be a passing zone as well too. So we knew we had four to five passing opportunity sections. We saw a lot of over unders on turn one going into turn two because again, people were worried about turn two. We knew that curb was going to get blasted, and it certainly did. <laughs>
0: it um, did. I, mean, I, I even started using it at the end.
1: You, I didn't see that. I never saw that. I got pictures. That. I got great pictures. I, well, I, yeah, I need to see photo, photographic proof. I of shall
0: that. send. I shall okay. send you
1: because uh, I was watching at the end of the race. It looked like you're barely hanging on, but. Uh,
0: <laughs> What are you talking about? My fastest I'm, laps, kidding. I'm, kidding. Well. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It
1: might've been the early on you were just hanging on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it raced well. I think there's obviously some changes that could be made to it, um, to possibly present better or possibly more unique corners or passing opportunities. Cause I talked to a couple of drivers and was, again, something that we'll we'll maybe hash over with neil strickland about because again if they we do go back to the rio i don't think anything is official yet but you know it is going back to las vegas just a matter of when they announce everything to be confirmed we'll wait and see but if i i I like doing this direction or you know maybe we go back opposite direction just to keep changing things up back and forth so it's not the same every year so i think there's going to be need there's going to need to be some tweaks to that racetrack if we do use that
0: Nate, your thoughts on it? You obviously were able to go to a lot of different places at the track, taking photos. You know, I always I always say that's kind of some of the ways they really get into uh, what a track does and the race is. Is talk to the photographers because you guys are always taking shots from certain areas. What were your first? What were your thoughts? Because you're a racer yourself, what were your thoughts layout wise based on the racing you saw? And then give me a little thought as a photographer as well with the pretty good sightlines.
2: Yeah, I think I talked to Sean from Car Chaser a lot this week, and we both agreed that this direction is a lot more photogenic nice. than what was going on last year. In terms of the racing, I think it was very good The going this turn one compared to last year seemed to help a little bit in terms of the turn one cluster. Turns two and three didn't really help the matter. I think next year, in terms of track layout, keep what we have going... Well, I would change from what we have going from about like two to turn... Uh, eight ish kind of mix up the infield a little bit. But other than that, I think the overall layout of the track and how the finishes are, I think the track did really well this year. And for me, yeah. I wasn't expecting a ton from it, but <laughs> That's exactly it obviously right. exceeded expectations.
0: Yeah. We actually had some pretty good last laps, right? There were You guys were, guys were dive bombing into seven or maybe the, the uh, through eight outside of eight. Uh, and then into turn number nine. I thought like, again, I was surprised about how well it raced. And, and I think we may have only saw it one guy, once guys in the heat race, but Ryan was Ryan Norberg the only over-under in the final corner to be able to get to the line. I think he did that one of the heat races, right?
1: Um, no, there were a couple more. And I want us for, for the win?
0: Not for the win though, right?
1: Well, I don't yeah, I don't know necessarily I can't I think can't think in, in a heat race.
0: Or any any time I I I want well at least what I called him I, I called half half the, the second half. Yeah,
1: game, that's so. what, I, I think there was something I think it was uh, K A one hundred senior.
0: Okay.
1: I think it was uh, Miles went on defensive in one of the heat races, so held the inside line, pushed wide, and and Tomas uh, Stolzermanis dove under him, got right. got him to got him at the line. I think that was yeah. the opening heat race in that category because because again uh, Nate picked it, Miles to win. I was like, "Hey, it's better to do it now in Heat One than doing it on Super <laughs> Sunday and knowing what you can do." And and so that that one stood out. There was a number of other ones, uh, not necessarily for the win, but at least you know for position or you know again, every position mattered in a lot of these categories where they had the last chance qualifier. So uh, um, it again uh, that I love that little that little shoot. You could go defensive, but as we, because that's something we haven't talked about is the grip level. There just wasn't there. Good 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 point. Let's
0: talk about that. In
1: uh years past. So if you if you went on defensive mode, you had to expect to either drift wide or or you had to essentially park it so they wouldn't pull the over under.
0: Yeah, it was really interesting. The lack of grip. Obviously, me with not the experience that many other guys have running throughout the year, coming out of the grid with new tires on. I really struggled to kind of get the heat built in the tires. Figured it out more by the main event, but just overall, like there just was n- like no rubber got laid down. Um, there just wasn't grip, it was it, we were sliding around like crazy to a certain extent, but it, 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 you, know, you can rotate the cart nicely. But uh, it was a really interesting grip level wise. And that, Dave, that that rolls too, as well, because we didn't have it down here as well. But man, Sunday was uh, tire degradation, tire conservation played a role I don't think I've ever seen at the super nationals.
1: Yeah, it wasn't just on Sunday. Uh, a lot of people were having, you know, some, you know, trying I, you know, maybe a bad tire here, a bad tire there. I think that's just kind of the nature of of where we are at right now in terms of production. Uh it's just one of the um I'll, I'm trying to think of the word. Just one of the things that <clears throat> with the, you know, with certain uh activities going on around the world, it, yeah. it's 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 a tough deal. So I think this tire is certainly, I don't think it's made to be different. I think it's just been manufactured a little bit different than what it's been used to. So I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it. But, we, you know, again, you have 587 entries. So you have thousands of tires, thousands and thousands of sets, not to mention hun- tens of thousands of tires. So you're, you're going to eventually, it wasn't a lot, but you, you did hear, again, and we've heard it before. You know, I, I I think I go back to like what even ten years ago uh, to Supernats guys complaining about having a bad set. So it's yeah. it's not nothing new. It's just the again you're get, you're bringing tens of thousands of tires to one event. Uh, you're you're it's just percentage wise. You're gonna one percent of that is is it's gonna ha- it's gonna happen. So anyway,
0: it was just the softer tires too, right? The guys I'm sorry. That- it was it was the guys with the softer tires. Like we didn't as have as far any, as I know. We shifter, had no issues. Yeah, we had no issues in our categories.
1: Yeah, it was a majority of the shifter, and maybe and in, in, in some of the tag categories. Yeah. Um, the, so yeah, not not side. with the harder. Yeah, not with the harder Evenco tires. But yeah. again, you just never know. It, it, it's it's kind of luck of the draw again. No matter you know regarding tires, and but in in the long term, you know it, it is what it is. You, you got to get moved past it, and and that's what it is. But. Just the fact that there wasn't a lot of rubber getting laid down, I think that's the bigger story of of it of of the tire game more than anything. Yeah. Because I mean, Dave,
0: I, I talked to one of the team owners, and they were wondering what, like, you like know, what it, you said p- potential, you know, the the material that's used to 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 put these tires together. There's obviously an issue with sourcing a lot of stuff nowadays. But talk about the, the surface itself and just what was going on. But it wasn't like the thing, the thing that they were disintegrating or chunking was like, Mike, I heard the term micro tears, like, right. like that, like the tire was just sliding over top of this very, very cold racing surface. It mm-hmm. was kind of, we were just kind of cutting the tire a little bit, which I thought was really interesting.
1: Yeah. Again, something I hadn't seen, you know, sometimes you, you know, a couple people ran over some things. So that's completely different from, from what you're talking about. But yeah, you saw some pictures. Saw I even saw, I think it was qualifying and shifter. I think that was the biggest problem. Or issue Because as you said, it was a cold racetrack, like super cold, like yeah. we were freezing our asses off up there and uh, and they're trying to go out there and try and put down a fast lap within five minutes. And that's, you know, not necessarily what all the teams or drivers are used to. They're used to maybe an eight to 10 minute, maybe yep. even 12 minute session to be able to go out, and make sure the tires get up to p- optimal temperature and then lay down that lap rather than do one warm-up lap and and try and hit that that quick lap so yeah setups set it again setups could be part of the part of the issue as well you again it's hard to tell but a lot of them are rear tires too as well so
0: yeah
1: um that you know there's not (laughs) there is changing of the setup in the rear but those those rear tires are supposed to be mostly flat
0: (laughs) <laughs> Episode number 104 of our EK and debrief as we uh, dive into the, our race report of the Supercarts USA, Supernats number 25. This is the Paddock Fast brought to you by Kart Republic and Cart Sport North America. A couple small little bits, guys, to cap things off. I had mentioned in the opening ceremonies, I said, uh, just you know, talking about the age difference of drivers. We have, you know, drivers 8 to, 78, eight to 68 years of age. Well, at the end of the ceremonies... Dave Conyers came up with me. And I, you know, dave from racing Scusa events since like 1999 uh, back in the, the former SuperCart USA um, Promoter Tour Days. And I'm not even sure which Supernats was Dave's first one, but he came and reminded me. It's not really, it's not 68, 8 to 68. He's actually 69 years of age as of race day. Two days later, which was Tuesday, he actually turned 70. So Dave Conyers out there, 69 years of age, rocking around in Master shifter. That's just awesome to me
1: yeah excited to see him back uh yeah as you said a long time supercar usa competitor super nationals racer uh that's that's a great part of the masters you know that you're part of it as well you know a number of the uh k100 master drivers they're above the age of 50 some even above the age of 60 with tom gerstner at yep. 66 i think he was the he oldest was. in that category and i I don't think he ran X30 master. I think he pulled out of that. So, but you had drivers in the age of 55, uh, Steve Wiener, 61. So we had, uh, we had
0: 15 K 100 master. We had 15 guys over 45, which is awesome. I love seeing that. I think that's fantastic. Now, one of the things guys that obviously got me there and helped make me able to run the 20 lap main event and get through the entire week was Chris, Chris Chamara uh, from Rosamond health and fitness out in Rosamond, California. He started his Chris G driver fitness program and accountability program. So I've been working with Chris quite a bit. He and I've been going back and forth. He's got a lot of drivers who are signing up for his, his new, uh, driver program, driver fitness program. But what I thought was really cool is, you know, obviously all the stuff I did with him, just connecting through Instagram and through social media. But for me, it was, uh, it was the fact that he brought a lot of stuff. They were he was literally working out the kids and warming them up out in front of Nash Motorsports every morning, and you know, of course, in the afternoon before they got going again. I love the fact that he was hands on with all the Nash drivers throughout the week.
1: Yeah, not just the kids, because Wareheim was taking taking adv- uh, advantage of it too. You know, the mass he's a not exactly in the seat all the time, so he was up there warming up uh, to get ready for his afternoon race uh, on track sessions again that's something that especially in vegas when you're going five days in the cart you got to be ready to go um so you know fitness is obviously a, a factor and i you know that's something a lot of these master guys maybe they're doing it in their hotel room so maybe that's where we don't see it but uh, you got to believe that a lot of those fast guys in the masters categories are are keeping themselves in shape and ready
0: yeah, at least stretching out in the morning raceway, race day, that's for sure. <laughs> all right, that's it for the Paddock Pass, folks. When we get back after this break, it's time to start jumping into some race reporting. We'll talk about uh, MicroSwift KA100 Senior and KA100 Master after this break. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events, full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, Let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group is an official Kart Republic race team, providing full trackside support at all the major USA Karting events, including the Skuza Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Skuza Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinco Tires, and more products for those in Ohio, and the Midwest region. Trinity Carding Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. Powered by technology, DID racing chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. Meticulously engineered and manufactured in Japan, DID Genuine Parts are the world's number one original parts supplier for Japanese and European motorcycle manufacturers. A rich racing tradition where results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium-carbide layer on the pin's surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to longer chain life as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing kart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today. Because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. Welcome back to episode 104 of our EKN Debrief. Rob Howden, Nate Dean, and David Cole here discussing uh, this past weekend SuperCart USA Super Nationals, the 25th running of the biggest race in North American karting. Time to dive into the race report segment of the Debrief. This one brought to you by OTK USA. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic, Xpree, Red Redspeed, and EOS chassis, and now the new Gallard and Lando Norris brands, OTK quality is second to none. To learn more about a specific product line or to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpree, Redspeed, Speed, Eos Gillard or Cart. visit www.otkusa.com. All right, guys, let's dive in here right now to the MicroSwift category. 46 entries in total. Antonio Nita ends up qualifying on the pole position right in there as well. Alexander Procunha, Rocco Simone, Jackson Gibson, and Troy Ferguson. Uh, pretty much good to see the guys uh, at one point, I think, with Royce Vega in there, David. Top three in the uh, Supercarts USA Pro Tour points all in the hunt in microswift.
1: yeah a lot of the familiar names we we saw throughout the season uh Procuna came on late uh, in the year as a, as one of those drivers to watch and to beat uh yeah but Simone certainly uh, had had the uh, the pace throughout the week winning all three heat races so certainly he was the driver everybody was trying to to gauge off of uh as they made their way through the heat races
0: yeah. So again, three wins for Simoni, uh, starting on the pole position. Nate, as it all shook down, kind of a three-driver breakaway at the end. I think they kind of pulled away. What did you think of the final couple of laps of this one? I thought I thought the first race of the, the the Super Sunday lineup was absolutely awesome.
2: Yeah, it was a really good way to start off Super Sunday with, obviously Jackson Gibson, who wasn't really on my radar. I think Rob, you picked him for yeah. fifth. So we. We're obviously expecting him to be up there, but he had a standout performance up front, challenging with the number one point of Simone up front with Vega up there. But yeah, it was a really good race from those micro drivers, those top three breaking away, like you said, and really set the stage for Sunday.
0: For me, it was, uh, okay, now obviously they were going back and forth, the three drivers pulling away a little bit. Uh, Ramalho and Parker Ives ended up, uh, capping things off fourth and fifth, but it was that fight with Troy Ferguson in there as well. David, for me, and I know you'll probably jump in there as well, is, is coming through turn number eight, we kind of had looked throughout the weekend that it was really hard to go too wide through there. If you were on the outside, you almost had to get off a little bit. So coming to the last lap, they come out of turn number seven. Ferguson goes to the inside, kind of gets a good run, really good run out of turn seven, goes yeah. to the inside. My mind's like, <clears throat> Ferguson's going to get this because he's going to be able to roll through Gibson just hangs on the outside, doesn't give it up, ends up having the inside for turn number eight. Simone comes in and scrap and scraps with Ferguson, but Gibson, it was Gibson's willingness to run the outside through turn number eight that gave him the inside line going into turn number nine.
1: It was the cool trickle move of the of the event. <laughs> I mean you
0: can hold
1: it. Yeah, but you gotta remember it's micro. So you put two micros side by side, it's essentially a shifter cart. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. There's a, there, are, he, it's not exactly like he was in the marble marbles. No. Um, but no, again, ballsy. they're, fl- yeah, they're, well, they're micros. They're flat out through that corner Let's do it and, and it was a great, you know, it was a great hold because he, he knew if I hold this, I'm going to be inside for turn nine and there's no way he's going to be able to get around me on the outside there. So, and then, as you said, you got Simone who came back from third to take, to try and get by Ferguson that essentially left, uh, uh, Gibson with an unchallenged run through the last corner and to the checker flag for the victory. So um, a great run. I remember I had him picked last year in the top five. He came up just a little bit short this year. We, I got him in my top. I had him fifth. You had him fifth. So uh, it was, you know, we at least had him in the top five, but certainly an amazing breakthrough victory for, for uh, the, the lone micro driver on the Raleigh's Rollison performance group 10.
0: It also celebrated his birthday, I believe, on Saturday, 10 years of age. So, again, it could, a tremendous run for Jackson Gibson getting the win in the Micro Swift category. Uh, from there, we rolled into uh, KA 100 Senior. In fact, right after Micro, it was all three of the KA 100 categories lining up. Uh, David, 79 entries getting things rolling, and a, a kind of an interesting mix in qualifying with Alex Danfield getting things underway.
1: Not, not exactly. I mean, he, he was the USPKS champion runner. It
0: was, it was further back. So like, you know, it's, there's so many guys in that field Uh, you know, Connor Ferris, P2, Chase hand, his first year in the senior category, Nate's guy, Alexander Kardashian, he picked to be the top five great out of the box as well for P4
1: well it, it drivers who love uh, a, a green racetrack i think that's what it boils down to you know talking with some of the drivers in the category they just didn't quite get the setup until later in the week and, and you saw that uh when it came main event time when we saw a lot of guys racing racing for the lead so i think it was just again k 100 seniors about momentum and a lot of these guys were able to to carry momentum over a green racetrack because again they were a category, what I think right before you guys you yep. went on racetrack. Yep. So you under, you understand how, how slick it was out it was. there. It was. Uh, you know, even in qualifying, you know, it wasn't again, you gotta you got five minutes to warm up the tires and put down that fast lap, and you're talking how fast are we going? Forty-eight, no, maybe forty-five seconds. I don't what, what were the lap times? Yeah, something
0: to... like that. Very close, 45, 46 seconds for them for sure. So I mean, again,
1: right? you're you're getting four maybe five laps at pace and you're still trying to get the the tires warmed up you're trying to understand the setup you're trying to space yourself and again you don't want to be by a slow guy um so yeah it was it was a bit it was an interesting session i mean you had guys like oliver hodgson back in 14th chase jones 16th aiden levy 18th finnegan bailiff 19th jake french 21st mossman 22nd and grata 23rd zillage 25th aiden rudolph 26th yeah. so yes you're right in that particular aspect. But again, you're only talking what it was a half second back. So the top 30 were within a half second. So again, it was a not exactly the tightest field. I mean, Stanfield put down a lap. I mean, he was over, uh, over a tenth quicker than Connor Ferris when he threw down that lap. So I think he was just able to come up to grips, pun intended, with the racetrack uh, quicker than everybody else.
0: <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, Stanfield also pretty solid throughout the heat races. Uh, won his first one, second in the second, third, and the other one to put himself P3 on the grid. Stolzermanis though, Thomas Stolzermanis on the energy cart. Uh, David, a couple of wins in his heat races and a second, the other one to lock down the pole.
1: Yeah, they, I think he was able to find a better setup come race time. You know, he was almost three tenths off Sandfield's time in qualifying, but he was six overall. So got to the advantage of of being in that second row for for each of the heat races, took advantage of it by winning two of them and then or or winning three of them, actually. Sorry, won all three of them to be able to earn the pole position. I think that was that was a key element <clears throat> into making him uh, among the, the top contenders. Uh, you know, Christian miles, he, he raced miles, I think in all three heat races. Yeah. So miles was a, uh so stole stole Sir Manis, only one, two, sorry. Yeah. So miles did get him in, in the, uh, the B versus D heat race. So miles again, quick on, you, know, you think about where he lives, TNT cartways, a green racetrack. They don't get a lot of rubber put down. They run the hard Hoosier tires for their ignite programs. So, so again, Knowing and understanding the the way the track was, it was a very green racetrack. I think guys that uh, were used to that green uh, surface uh, were, were quick. And again, as you got later in the day or later in the weekend, dry, drivers started to understand that.
0: So when it comes to the main event, David, this one, K100 Master and Junior, obviously – I, I didn't watch K.A. senior because I was on the grid. I didn't watch Master because I was in it. I didn't watch Junior because I was just coming off. So <laughs> I'll, I'll let I'll let you and Nate kind of go, go roll through how things ha- happened. I was trying to listen and I watched a little bit, but how did, how did the how did the main event play out for this class guy? You
1: were you were psyching yourself up, right?
0: Nah, I was I was all right. I was chilling.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, this you know there was a again the main event time. Uh, if I recall, even the, even the starts wasn't exactly clean for this category, um, but the, there was very heavy racing uh, early on in the ma- in the main event. Eventually, Stolcermanis was able to control the field and was able to get away. It was actually a battle for a second behind him that kind of allowed him to get the gap and kind of run away from the rest of the field. I think Zachary de DeMello was a driver that just wanted to be in second. And anytime he got past, he didn't want to work with anybody. And so it certainly allowed Manis to kind of settle in and put put down a pace. And he really, he really did as he drove away to a 1.4 second margin of victory, leading a majority of the race to score his first Super Nationals victory in his Super Nationals
2: debut.
0: Nate, thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was one of i mean throughout all classes throughout the weekend it was always unpredictable same goes for this one had a lot of standout performances from a lot of drivers throughout the weekend and kept it interesting there was you could pick a handful of drivers throughout the couple of days of racing of who you thought could win yeah just overall good racing what we expected from this category
1: yeah, so running down the, the top five, the final order, uh, again, stolzer Manis with the victory over Zachary klayman Melo, Frankie Mossman, uh, up nine positions on the CRG to third, Jeremy Fletcher, who we thought was going to be one of those drivers in contention. Again, one of those that missed it in qualifying, had to race his way forward all weekend long. Past 13 carts in the main event, he was able to get up to fourth. And then Oliver Hodgson, who we saw uh, be pretty consistent throughout the the week in this category, he ended up in the fifth position. So Stanfield fell out of the top five. Uh, Kardashian there in eighth. Chase Han in ninth. So they, they kind of went down the order in the main event. The quickest driver uh, on the racetrack was actually Aiden Levy, who improved 21 positions to finish 10th with fast lap of the race
0: man uh and again you know we, we kind of i know i leaned towards mossman at one point in, in in the picks for the the senior categories he obviously stepped up david last year to become one of the guys you're we watching him and then really did did back it up kind of this year didn't he
1: well Not, i mean yeah we go yeah, for the we, win but no but me and you both put him in the top five yeah. i mean again his his j- senior debut was the super nationals last year yeah and what I saw him when he jumped into the CRG for the first time in Utah, I mean, the kid was quick right out the gate. So he, you know, the, the, he's got it. He's got a handle on that side of things. So again, just missed it in qualifying and was able to uh, to race his way back up onto the podium.
0: All right, let's go into KA one hundred master. I was in this one, so I'll let you guys handle it. Forty forty eight had <coughs> entered you, forty nine. Do we have forty nine or forty eight?
1: Uh let me look. I think it
0: was forty eight. Might have been well, forty nine.
1: What, uh, did I just miss? I have 49.
0: Well, whatever it was, it was awesome. And, uh, it was Renato Jotter. I asked, I asked him actually straight up when we were standing on the grid. What do you want us to call you? Uh, Renato Jotter. It's Renato Jotter. That's what he told me with a hard J. Renato Jotter. Anyways, he was, uh. He was impressive out of the gate, for sure, to get things underway. Didn't didn't roll that way in the main event, though. I finally watched the main event yesterday. Went back and watched the cart chaser coverage. The battle up front was awesome to watch. But uh, yeah, everybody was kind of chasing Renato from the very get go.
1: Yeah, let me. I'm trying to go back to 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 confirm my number here. So give me a second. (laughs) I am. I want to make sure I get the number right. That pisses me off that you think I'm wrong. But (laughs)
0: I will say. I will say this. (laughs) I
1: have 49. All right, because there was yep. I'll well, go
0: with now. I'll tell you this. We okay, were talk- it probably we, we, is
1: 48 because Scott Bland in, or Blind Scott did not Bland
0: read. it did not show. Yeah. He did not. So, no, so
1: I can I can update that to 48, but then that puts us at 586.
0: So. <laughs> Let's put it this all way: right. we were we were all chasing Renato because man, yes. that guy was charging the corners in a big way. Well, you got
1: to expect that, right? When he comes in as a former Super Nationals winner in the X30 category, we didn't even know he was going to race this category. Um, showed up and, and decided to double dip and yeah, it was again, great on cold tires. We've seen that before in, in X-30 master competitions. So just certainly set the pace, uh, went out and dominated things in qualifying was, uh, Daniel Romalo was right there just a little bit off. So those were kind of the guys setting the pace, but in the heat races, um, a little bit, the starts were crazy. I mean, I, as you can attest to that, really, <laughs> and so yeah. that kind of shuffle even up front I think there was a little bit of craziness and uh, Renato was able to escape all of that in all three heat races as he went on to win all of them Romalo finished second in the opening one it was Mardan finishing second in the second heat race and then Bobby Kelly finishing second in the third so again a lot of shuffling going on behind Renato Jotter uh, throughout the heat races so He was able to maintain that pole position going into the main event. It was Bobby Kelly starting on the outside of the front row, Laurentiu Mardan and Martin Stone in row two with Billy Musgrave, who struggled in qualifying, but was able to race his way up into the top five to start uh, Super Sunday. Uh, Main event, it was, uh, again, a little bit chaotic at the start, as you know, for your experience. That was, I think, a little bit further in the back, maybe mid pack and beyond, not so much up front. But again, no. a couple of the <laughs> couple of the front runners were, were did did have some issues uh in the main event. Uh one of them being Bobby Kelly, him and Musgrave got into it a little bit and turned six. So that Come kind out. of yeah. shook up the uh, the front group. It essentially left just four drivers up front. It was uh Mardan leading the way ahead of um Re- Renato Jader David. And Martin Stone and Billy Musgrave, who was able to recover after that contact with Bobby Kelly and Mardan led his led the way to the uh, the white flag went down the the long straightaway. You knew something was going to happen. They got uh, side by side. I believe it was uh, Musgrave that went side by side with him uh, going into turn one. They come out of turn one side by side and it was actually Martin Stone who goes from third to first heading into turn two. It was an yeah, amazing move. It was got through there, was able to hold off and hold on through the the remainder of the last lap and came across the start finish line as the inaugural winner in the K100 Master Division.
0: Yeah, well, the, now look at the results. You have Stone for the win uh, Renato Jodder second, Mardan Romalho and Musgrave was what, well. What, let's go. A, let's go provisional. Yeah. That's well, why the, we the, put
1: it in there because the, yeah. this Super oh, okay. Nationals certainly proved the point of having provisional <laughs> vi- uh, finishes and final finish orders. Uh, so Martin Stone crossed the line ahead of Musgrave. Musgrave was able to to uh, to grab that second spot uh, with Renato Jodder jotter in third Mardan fell back to fourth a little bit of contact with a barrier kind of spent up the front end there towards the towards that uh that last lap and with uh DeMilo, danilo Romalo in the fifth position so that was a provisional
0: yeah.
1: uh results uh musgrave with that contact with bobby kelly uh dropped him down to the fifth position uh, as he was penalized for that contact, that promoted uh, Renato up to second, Mardan into third, and go. Romalo into the fourth position.
0: Just uh, a wild end. I remember I I watched it yesterday. It was kind of fun to watch. Uh, Nate, I'll tell you, it was uh, for me to have the quality of drivers that we had up front. Like this, literally, I know I know a lot of those guys also run X thirty Masters. We've we've watched them run top, you know, the top one twenty five liquid cool uh, master categories. But man, it was. I, I thought that was. Some, Really good racing to watch up front in KA Master.
2: Yeah, and like you said, a lot of the drivers, a fair bit of the drivers who are running up front in KA Masters were also doing double duty in X Thirty Masters. So it was kind of fun to see those guys compete up front for both classes. But like you said, just the level of competition within this K One Hundred Master division was awesome to see. You had some world class racing, and again. You never really knew on Sunday who was going to take it until the final couple of corners. Yeah. yeah. And what, you yeah. Know
0: what was, There's, Dave, there was a couple of corners there, obviously, one being one of them, all that you could defend in one. Uh, but if you did defend, you could get over-under pretty easily, or, you know, either over-under or somebody to drive around the outside of you. Same for turn number seven, same for turn number six. You had to take a wider entry to kind of get through that corner cleanly, and it opened up the bottom. We saw a lot of guys make great passes because of that. And
1: I, I was the, the main event. I actually went down to turn one for the first time. You guys were hauling some RPMs into that corner, too. Yeah, we were mean, ripping. The, the engines were screaming. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and it was cool to see, you know, the sideways slide uh, under braking. So uh, it was really cool. So a couple shout outs, though, in the top 10. Uh, Johnny Blair, who had not raced yeah. for 10 years, literally 10 years, raced at the Rotax Grand Finals 10 years ago. That was his last race. Uh, drove to sixth place, so a good, good, solid drive for him. And then uh, Brin nuttle and finishing in eighth again, another driver you don't ex- typically see behind the wheel, uh, finishing in the eighth spot. So, uh, and then Andrew Fallon in the eleventh spot uh, from Tillotson,
0: yeah. So
1: uh, on a Tillotson cart, which was uh, which is pretty cool.
0: No doubt about it, good guys for sure, and everybody. Uh, having having a really good time. That was it. For for part of it was for guys in KA 100 Master to get out there, get a chance to experience the Super Nationals. Uh, of course, I had Johnny Blair with me uh, under the RPG tent. He and I talked a lot about uh, the way he was getting around and just the way we were approaching things. And I was lucky to have guys like Miguel Meir and Mario Barrios, you know, on the same team with me, and then Pistol Pete Vetter as well. We had Ben Cooper helping us out uh, as well as Chase Denmark. It was just really. Man, it was a lot of fun to be under that tent. Just really good guys under that tent as well, and and happy that Johnny was able to come home with a top ten. Pretty solid for sure. Um, let's go to the next one. Let's have a break, guys. We'll do a quick break. When we get back, we'll continue the race report brought to you by OTK USA. Lining up next: KA One Hundred Junior, Mini Swift, Master Shifter, and X Thirty Senior. Need race fuel or oil? Hyperfuels is an authorized distributor for several of the brands that are specced fluids in American karting, including Elf and Aspen Sport. They also stock and ship methanol. Hyperfuels has a web store that can take your orders 24-7 and they ship UPS. That's right, Hyperfuels can ship fuel and oil right to your door. Whether you need Elf Racing Fuels or Elf ATX 909 Oil, Aspen Sport 98 octane fuel for screws of competition, they have it in stock. When you need it now, go to hyperfuels.com. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Kart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full karting packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at comiccartsales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry, specializing in IAMI X-30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometKartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Kart Sales family today. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief Podcast here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole and Nate Dean as we take a deep dive into the 25th running of the Supercarts USA Supernationals, taking place, of course, in November 2022 at the Rio All-Suite Hotel and Casino. KA 100 Jr., another category I really didn't get a chance to watch because I was uh, really just coming in from the grid after that. Uh, David, 67 entries, and interestingly... When it's all said and done, the driver qualifies on pole position, finds himself there by the end of the weekend as well.
1: Yeah. And a, uh, a one of a few categories that was decided after the checkered flag as well
0: too. Yeah, we'll discuss that later. <laughs> uh, yes,
1: we will. Uh, yeah. So a solid lap by Steven Miller, a uh, driver of the month, I believe for us in March, uh, Florida winter tour champion yeah. and was able to win at us both in X 30 junior and K 100 junior. So, uh, certainly has, has shown the speed throughout the season and did so in qualifying. You had the top four actually separated by 56 thousandths of a second. So I think this was our our closest uh, category in qualifying. Beat out Max Garcia by only four thousandths, Christian Cameron there in third, and Max Taylor in the fourth spot. So again, a, a pretty tight uh, field as we expected to see. Uh, in the KA 100 Junior Division, uh, got to heat races. It was actually Caleb Gaffera who was the star of the show as he won all three of his heat races to uh, to coming up from, where did he qualify overall? I think 12th overall. So essentially started uh, from row three and was able to race his way to the victory in all three of his heat races. Uh, Enzo Vidmontien, Elio Meza, and uh, each scored two wins of their own. And then, um, I'm trying to look at I think that was it. Yeah. So that would be it. Um, no, who was the other one? Vidmontian. Anyway. So those were the three drivers essentially. Uh, yeah, M- M- Mesa, won,
0: Mesa won twice. Vidmontian won twice. Gaffaro won three, three times.
1: times. So I'm, I'm trying to, what am I one? missing? I don't know. <laughs> I <It> could be. <laughs> I'm tired, Rob. Yeah, you're,
0: uh, missing. <laughs> you're hilarious. <laughs>
1: Vidmontien, Meza, no. Meza won. No, Gaffera
0: only won twice.
1: Oh, that's what it is. That's Vidmontien what me off. beat him in C uh, versus D. There you see, go. There you that's go. now my math adds up. There we Aha! go. ha! <laughs> Two times three is six. Um, yeah, so those were essentially the three drivers to beat. It ended up being Gaffera with the pole position, Meza on the outside of the front row, Vidmontien and Ernesto Riviera in the second row, and that rivera sorry i know i do it all the time <laughs> rivera and then uh stephen miller in the fifth spot so um this one again very similar to what we saw in k1 in her senior we saw a, a lot of heavy racing uh, intense battles uh up front uh for the lead and for position um essentially meza was able to kit himself up into the lead by about lap 16 and establish himself as the leader uh last lap more contact i believe shipman was second at one point he got himself put into the wall uh more contact behind them just a lot of jostling but up front it was Mesa uh and miller that were essentially fighting for the win in the second half of that last lap miller was able to get ahead of Mesa. was leading going into the final corner went defensive and i guess essentially Pushed a little bit out of the way uh, for Meza to come through and be able to cross the line first. To me, it looked it didn't look as uh, very egregious. I'm not sure if this was the penalty that Meza got, but uh, let's go through the provisional finish first. Meza crossed the line two tenths ahead of Miller. Vidmontien up the third. Uh, Jesus Vasquez Jr. up the pro, pro Tour champion in the fourth position with uh, Caleb Gaffera in the fifth spot. That top five were actually on the podium. Only one of them would actually be on the podium at the end wow. uh, following a lot of different uh, penalties. Uh, there was a penalty for contact on Meza. So that dropped him out of the uh, the top five, uh, a penalty, a pushback penalty for Vidmontien, and also a pushback penalty for Vaz- Vasquez. So both of them fell off the podium. And then uh, Caleb Gafera with a penalty for contact dropped him off. Of the top five. So our new and finalized top five became Miller winning by a half second over Leonardo Escorpio Escorpione. Uh Max Taylor now up into the third position. Steven Isert in fourth, and Augustus Toniolo, a, a former micro winner a couple years ago, uh in the fifth spot as the final top five. So again, they didn't specify it just says incident responsibility in terms of the contact. So we're not sure if the Mesa one was for the last lap, last corner, yeah, yeah, or if it was due to something that happened earlier in the race, that is one <laughs> thing we were not able to, to confirm. Um, again, uh, USPKS they actually state who the contact is with. Um, and I forgot that excuse. does not. So that I, that is actually my bad on that. And I was not able to, uh, to confirm or deny uh, who the contact was with.
0: There it is, though. Regardless what happened, there was a lot of action, a lot of uh, contact, a couple of pushbacks, as you said. And again, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the, the podium situation and, and the post uh, event podiums, which a lot of people have brought up in, in recent uh, days. Uh, let's go into Mini Swift right now, David. Uh, 49 drivers all total in Mini Swift. Michael McGoy coming out of the gate. As the fast qualifier, Turner Brown was really good throughout the entire weekend, as we would have expected, as was Isaac Malkit. Uh, Alessandro Truchot qualifying P4, Gage Bailey P5. So a couple of the drivers that you saw in the front of the Pro Tour doing very well. Um, out of the gate, the first heat race went to Turner Brown. But uh, other heat race wins, Truchot, Brown had one. Malkit uh, was close, but it was really Brown, McGay, uh, McGoy rather and Truchot three different drivers winning the three heat races.
1: Yeah. And all three had an issue in, at least one of the heat races, uh, Turner Brown had a 21st in his second heat race. Uh, McGoy had a DNF, a 42nd in his third heat Ouch. race. So he actually had to start back in the 12th position and true had a seven and 16 in his first two heat races with that third heat race win. So that put him fifth in the order. So Isaac Malkut with three top five finishes in the heat races, he was able to take the pole position for the main event with Tyler Roberts starting on the outside of the front row. Gio Matteo Rousseau, my pick to win, uh, qualified ninth and was able to start the main event in third spot alongside Turner Brown, who, as we said, picked up a win, a second, and a 21st in his heat races.
0: Uh, So how'd things go in the race? How'd that roll out?
1: Didn't you watch it? Yeah, I was
0: trying to think, it. I, think I, did. I did watch this one, didn't I? Yeah. You
1: did. You did announce this one. Yes, yeah, yeah, you did yeah, yeah. announce yeah. this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Essentially, we saw the, the front three with Malkit Roberts and Rousseau kind of break away from the field. Eventually, though, it was Turner Brown and Michael McGoy, who was, uh, were able to work together. They were able to run down the top three That's
2: right, and then that, from yeah. there
1: go into first and second. Yeah, with let's, Turner Brown.
0: Let's, let's, let's talk about them running them down. That's one of the things I think early on, it looked pretty, it looked pretty straightforward. Like it was going to be a three driver breakaway, right? Correct. They had, they had literally got out. They front. had it. They had they the got, breakaway. They had the breakaway was done. Exactly yeah. that. Um, <laughs> And then and they I don't think that they were really battling that much. They were going back and forth a little bit. It was to me just the straight outright pace of Turner Brown. Like he literally was able to get out in front of that next group and just reel them in. Now, of course, like like not surprising, in the last couple of laps, they started to get a little more defensive. But man, he was I thought he was super impressive, uh, really just reeling them in without the draft.
1: Again, it's I mean, they're eighteen laps. So every time you're a couple tenths slower than the guys chasing you, you're you're gonna give up some real estate. And that's kinda of what it was. Like you look at lap ten, it was actually four tenths uh, almost a difference between Malka and McGoy. So again, it wasn't heavy, heavy fighting for the for the, that top three that had that breakaway, but it was again enough for uh McGoy. And uh, and Brown to be able to run them down and make it make it an opportunity. And they took advantage of it.
0: Yeah, he and McGoy end up battling it out for the final couple of corners. Brown ends up taking the race, uh, the win on the track itself provisionally, as David has said. Um, second place was McGoy on the track. Uh, Malkit third, Rousseau fourth and Lucas Palacio rounding up the top five. David you can well you can give us the final but the the bottom line was Turner Brown ends up getting a 3 second penalty for two wheels out at the start drops him down to ninth position look, run through the final numbers and then I'll tell you what my thought just my I have I got a couple thoughts. well one thought on this deal which is really interesting
1: Are you talking
0: podium just, stuff because yeah, I had no, that at no. the end No no podiums okay. later for me it's yeah. the wheels out at the start literally in the KA100 master category if yes. I go back if I go back and look at my video like I, yeah. I was, I was just looking around going, what the hell are you guys doing? I'm, I'm in, like I've, I've called enough races. I'm in the tram lines and everybody around me has two wheels out.
1: It, like, well,
0: what are you guys doing?
1: <laughs> I mean th- this, and again, I don't know depending on how the cameras are angled or not, but again, this, they'd use the cameras to, to call these. Um, yeah. I, so let me do a run. Yeah. So essentially it was a three second p- position for two wheels out uh, on the tram line that actually dropped him down to the ninth position because the field was so bunched up there at the end yep. uh you could see by the photos we used on, on the provisional results that how how bunched up they were so it did put uh McGoy into the to the top spot of the podium put Malcott at second Rousseau third Palacio fourth and that elevated Tyler Roberts up into not travis Roberts, tyler Roberts <laughs> yeah, into true. the fifth position
0: travis is who was i was chasing down at the end of my race. yes
1: yeah and he, <laughs> you actually beat him because of a pushback bumper, a pushback bumper. So, yeah, there you yeah, go yeah. um but yeah so yeah regarding the tram line um Man. it's it's there's no there's no perfect science to that i mean there truly isn't unless you have a camera looking down from the sky to completely show the number and the cart that's that's outside yeah um, it's
0: just i just for, for me it was hilarious like i literally there was two things number one in the drivers when I mean, they told us that once you got to the commitment cone you couldn't uh scrub your tires anymore everybody scrubbed all the way around the nine and ten <laughs> and i'm sitting there like man i really want to do this because my tires are definitely not warm enough because I, <laughs> I really suck at this um and then the tram lines we're literally we come up to the tram lines and i'm in my i'm just looking around like can you guys not see these? Like do they need to okay. be different? Do they need to be a different color?
1: <laughs> so <laughs> there were three drivers called out. 136, a 106, and the 120. So let me pull that up. What did I say? One 136, Turner Brown, 106 was starting 19th. What was the other one? Uh 120. No, 120. Let me see here. So 120 started back in the 31st position. So, d- random drivers. So, again, not sure how they, you know, the only thing I can think of is they're calling it either by one of the starters right there or by the cameras. And you go back to your opening heat race, there's only one driver called out for wheels out at the start. And I could, we could easily have counted at least five or six. Yeah. Uh, starting around you so that was the 499 i'm assuming somebody up front possibly so
0: in my class you mean in the main Yeah,
1: four yeah in that so that opening oh, heat, heat, race, heat right, race right yeah 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 there that was the most wild start we've ever seen so pp mastro got got the penalty okay for two well, wheels out at the start line well, we could have easily counted good. More than that.
0: In that first one, I can take my video up. There's probably like six guys around me. That's that's what I just said. Yeah, that's what (laughs) I just said. So anyways, so that
1: the scrubbing tires, they're all they're all argumentative. They're all uh, based on who saw what. Yeah, essentially right well it's
0: pretty pretty it's pretty hard not to st- stand there and see that the guy's scrubbing tires all the way around the corner like aggressively scrubbing but the, do they call them? no i mean that's, that, it, that's I, it we didn't we just didn't do it i don't think anybody got called for scrubbing tires. no but i i saw somebody
1: get penalized for it but they're oh. saying hey look i have video of five drivers ahead of me doing the same thing and why am i being pointed out and they're not so that yeah, again it's there's i don't know there, it's, it's so it's frustrating because again The tram line is a tram line. There should be, if they have evidential proof, that then that's one thing. So it's it's a tough way to lose a a super nationals victory. No difference than when Lorenzo Travis andato lost, jumping the start from the pole position. From the pole position. Exactly. It's a tough. Yeah, I I I agree with you. It the circumstances are 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 they make they're they're cringeworthy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) True. 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 All right, folks, let's move on to the next category. Master Shifter up next. 42 drivers in a, what was a, a tremendous increase in numbers for Master Shifter. Uh, Davide Foray, the world former world champion, Getting things underway. My pick to win uh, was quick out of the gate. Brian Keck was right there with him. We'll talk more about that because those two drivers, I think probably could have been the ones that fought. What a wild finish. Uh, Alan Shuto jumping over to the Masters category, looking like to run Masters. He was, of course, in the fight, as was former Formula One driver Antonio Pazonia Jr. from the get-go. Scott Presti was really good, too. Those were, your David, your top five drivers coming out of the gate. But everything changed What midway through, mid to late way through, the opening heat race. When Forey actually stuck a motor in turn number seven, Keck drove over top of him, And the two guys, David, that were out front really looking like they were going to pull away and finishing at the tail of the field.
1: Yeah. That's the hard part with the supernatural <clears throat> format and the three different heat races, you got to perform in all three. So that essentially shook things up. That allowed Alan Sky, Alan Shudo, Shudo. Shudo. I know Sky I want to That's how I we type.
0: That's how you, that's, that's how, how you make it. sure you make sure you spell like, it correctly.
1: I know. Um, <laughs> So that allowed him to score a heat win, but uh, the remaining heat races went to Foray. Keck finished second in one of them, with uh, Pizonia in second in the third heat race. So, uh, kind of shook the starting order up for the main event. It put Shudo in the pole position, Pizonia in the second spot on the front row, Jonathan Vitolo in the third spot, and Sketchy Barnes starting from P four with Foray back in 11th and Brian Keck in 12th. So back on row six. So uh, you have two of the quickest drivers starting from row six. It, it, it didn't end well. Uh, it really didn't start well for Brian Keck at the start of the main no, event. He,
0: yeah, he was out the opening lap, wasn't
1: he? It was turn one. Uh, was turn I don't know how it happened. I, never, I didn't see it. I just heard it and then saw yeah. he, it was him. Uh, but he went into the inside barriers before turn one. So whether he was trying to just dive into the inside. So he didn't have the outside run. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, he ended up in the inside barriers hard and ending his race. And then not too long after that, it was foray into the barriers. Let's see what lap was end of lap end, of lap, two. end of lap. Yeah. Just completing lap two
0: <clears throat> Yeah.
1: Uh, on the, and uh, turn 10. So yeah, uh, a tough start for the two, probably two of the favorites going into the main event.
0: Yeah, 100% blew things wide open and, of course, threw it all into the hands, really, of Alan Shuto and Antonio Pazonia. Pazonia was able to grab a hold of that lead. And and Shuto gave chase, there, but he, put, you know, he was putting the pressure on. But over the last couple of laps, even though Shuto was getting closer, Pazonia kind of just had things handled, really didn't want to give it up. So it was Pazonia with the win, Shuto second. Scott Barnes was able to get through early and kind of into that third spot. He was by himself in third. Leaders had kind of checked away. Barnes had some contact, with I'm not sure who it was early on, but then he was kind of holding on to third. The rest of the battle was that fight for fourth and fifth between Joe Rook and Scott Presti. Those guys went at each other all race long. That was a ton of fun to watch. Then, of course, throughout the entire race, we had the Jordan Musser watch coming, right? He got a flat tire in qualifying, had some issues in the heat races, uh, but was able to get himself into the top fifteen in all three heat races. End up driving twelve spots forward to sixth before kind of hitting the wall.
1: Yeah, started eighteenth, so it's tough when you when you're starting eighteenth in a track with only four passing zones, maybe okay. less than for that and shifters, um, makes it really tough. But was you know was a hard charger of the race, got up twelve positions to finish sixth. Was right there. Looked like he was going to be able to make a move for for a podium position, but with uh, with Joe Ruck and Presti. Uh, putting on a good challenge that he was not able to get around. So uh, yeah, good. Uh, Barnes, you know, third spot. So we got another podium finish. Good, yeah. good, fin- good run. His for best him ever, in his, best ever finish. And his magic cart uh, entry. Schuda looked like he was, he was going to be able to take the spot because Pizzoni looks like his pace fell off in the second half of the race. Uh, so it looked like Shudo had the right late race setup to, to do it. Just unfortunately wasn't able to get around him. Tried a couple of times coming into the white flag lap or coming to, uh, to get the white flag, uh, just wasn't able to pull it off again. Could have been contact. So I think he was, he, he, he played it safe. Didn't want to, didn't want to wreck on the, on the, on the white flag lap. So, uh, a good run, a good first master shifter race for him. you, you got to expect to see him coming back along with Pizonia to try and defend that win next year.
0: No doubt. All right, guys, i got to go to washroom real quick. You're going to cut this out, David. You guys can just yep. pick up X, 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 X3 Senior and start rolling with it.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Go.
2: <laughs> Should we just talk bad about him? <laughs> I mean, that's what we usually do when he's here anyway. So, <laughs> All right, I'll get
1: into it. So next in the order was the X-30 senior category, Uh, 88 drivers in total. Again, another record-breaking year for the X-30 division at the Super Nationals. This was a category, you know, we we saw last year, we talked about this pre-show. We we had a lot of American or North American drivers that were up front uh, throughout the Super Nationals last year, but we had a lot of international drivers uh, in the field this year, so it shook things up. And again, you're not quite sure exactly what's going to happen. We had... Former uh, current world champion Mateus Morgado in the field. We had uh, Thomas Stol- Stolzermanis in the field. He's a two- 2021 Road Tax Grand Finals champion. Uh, but the name that stood out was Evan Gilterre, uh, the Frenchman racing with Trinity Karting Group aboard the Kart Republic. Really stood out, uh, especially in qualifying when he was able to edge out Ryan Norberg for the top or for the fast time in qualifying. Connor Zillage in the third spot. Justin Ataconis, the senior rookie, in fourth with Alessandro de Tulio in the Parolin, making his return to Supercarts USA action, uh, rounding out the Fast Five. So some heavy hitters there in the top five for qualifying. When it came to heat races, though, a lot of uh, racing going on. Gilter fell back to fourth in his opening heat races. Oliver Hodgson was able to score that victory. Norberg picking up the heat win in B versus D. Gilterre was able to hold off the win old hold on for the win in his second heat race with Norberg uh, winning that second heat race of his. So it was a, uh, I believe Norberg and Gilter heat race battle in the third heat race, but I'm not sure where Norberg finished. Cause it was not in the top five. If I recall that you got shuffled back. Do you recall that Nate?
2: Yeah. So he in turn one on lap one, and I, posted a photo of it to the website i to instagram i think it was one of the tb carts or detulio that put him into the barrier on the exit of one i think i saw alessandro Mm -hmm. detulio's gopro video and he got a little bit of a shove from behind had nowhere to go went wide and put norberg into the barrier so that kind of set him back in that heat race yeah
1: Yeah, actually, I got the result finally 16th in that heat race. So so the battle we wanted to see in that heat race didn't ended up not happening. Uh, And then Jack Jeffers uh, stood up and uh, took control of the heat C versus D. So uh, he was the uh, the third different winner in the sixth or fourth different winner in these uh, six different heat races that we had. That essentially set up Gilterre as the pole sitter for the main event on Super Sunday, with Oliver Hodgson outside the front row. Tomas Stoler stole Manis in the third position. Jack Jeffers, with that win, moved up into the fourth spot for the main event, with Louis Westover uh, in the fifth spot. So some some good international names there at the front of the field for the grid for the main event. And then we got into the main event time and it was the Jill Terre show as yeah. he just dominated, uh, the 25 lap main event, uh, got away clean in the early laps and was never challenged, um, uh, throughout the 25 laps race. Again, another heated battle for seconds. It's kind of what to, uh, Tomas Stoller had in K 100 senior with them fighting behind him. He had to fight his way up into that second spot and just ran out of time before Gilter had already, I think, 1.5 second advantage over him uh, and just wasn't able to cut into that gap uh, with two drivers running pretty much same pace uh, throughout the second half of the race. So it was Gilter with a dominant wire to wire performance for his first Super Nationals victory over Stolzermanis. Uh, Ryan Norberg ended up finishing in the provisional third position with uh, Ariel Elkin, Elkin, Elkin. We were saying, and then uh, Eduardo Vila in the fifth position. So the two TB cart drivers finishing fourth and fifth provisionally, that was until technical inspection with Ryan Norberg, actually receiving a disqualification for a non-compliant pipe, uh, dropping him from the results that put, Elkin into the third spot, Vila into fourth, and move the driver from Mexico, Noel Leon, into the fifth spot.
0: Yeah, all in all, really good performance for Evan Gilter for Trinity Karting Group. Of course, uh, a driver that races for Kart Republic in Europe, finished third this year in the European Championships in the, in the OK class. So you got to expect he was going to have good speed coming in, but there was just such a stacked field, David. I think we all were looking at like a for Hodgson through you know, the heat races, he was super consistent. We knew that uh, Norberg was going to be good. Norberg, if I'm not mistaken, in my post-race interview, Norberg was, I think they, did they say that he thought they might've missed on tire pressure? Is that what he said in the interview? I think, makes sense.
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't recall the interview. I'm sorry. I did not listen. I He did say they kind of, they kind of missed something. Yeah. Uh, in the setup for the main event. Uh, but again, you had all that battling. Like he, I think he got shuffled back to, I want to say seventh or eighth by the time he was able to work his way up into the third spot, but still just, you know, uh, uh, a tough blow with a disqualification regarding that pipe. So I'm yeah, looking I, at the lap chart here.
0: I definitely, uh, you look at the lap chart, I definitely he, want to dig, I want to find out more about this non-compliant pipe. I want he, to find was,
1: out. he was down to 12th by lap four. So yeah. yeah, he got shuffled back at the start. It was not a good start for him, but to go from 12th to third, it was a good run for him back up uh, charging forward. Again, you know, no different than uh, Stolzermanis was fourth after the opening lap, able to, by lap 10, was able to get his way up into second. But by then, you know, um, Giltere had a, a solid lead by that point.
0: Yeah, it got out front and just held onto the, onto the spot. Like you said, David, went yeah. over 1.1 1. 1 seconds out front. And really, you know, how many times do you see a really solid driver like that who's got some, you know, got some belief in the machinery? He was mm-hmm. able to get out front. set set really good laptops. Others around him were turning, you know, we're watching purple go up and down the order, right? Whether it was Norberg or whoever was turning purple laps, but it was Jolter who was just like really consistent throughout the entire run.
1: Well, you say, you say machinery. Here's an interesting stat. Only one OTK in the top 10 with Jeremy Fletcher in ninth. So you have cart Republic, cart Republic energy, two TB carts, a CRG, a Parolin, Brell art, a GFC, then you get OTK with Fletcher and then another cart Republic brand, Braden <laughs> Eaves in the 10th spot.
0: Wow. That is, you're right. That is, uh,
1: that's complete opposite of what we've seen throughout wow. the season here in yeah. the United States. So that
0: is amazing. That you is know, ag-
1: again, you know, it just goes to show you put good drivers in, in a machine and they, they will find their way to the front.
0: Yeah. And you, and you look at the, like we said, I, I talked to, um, uh, the Baylor family. Afterwards, Sean and I chatted for a bit. Big for Trinity Carding Group and Cart Republic with the mm-hmm. win. Uh, obviously, huge for Race Lab, for TB Cart to show the you know the ability of that machinery. We know we, we saw what happened at the start of the year. Uh, Eduardo Villa won one of the races at the Scusa Winter Series. You know the machinery mm-hmm. works, the material works. So, like you said, David, you put good guys in the karts, they're going to be fast.
1: Right? Yeah, Alessandro DiTullio won yep. at Winter Series as well. Two, uh, who was the other one? You had uh, oh, world champion. Morgado <laughs> yeah, winning, yeah, yeah. winning one of the other races as well. He didn't quite have a, a good uh, week there, you know, happy no. to be back here in the U S racing with Ariel. Uh, but uh, uh, it looks like a wreck at the start, I think is what took out the world champion.
0: Yeah. And that was, he was my pick to win. That's why when we get to the end, I will sadly be beaten up by <laughs> both of you guys when it's all said and done. All right. Before we get there, we'll have another break folks. When we get back, we'll wrap things up essentially with X30 junior X30 master and pro shifter. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting and we're primed and ready for the 2022 season with new material and a never ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside of Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. The CRG KT5 is our new chassis for tag and shifter racing, and it's been designed specifically for the U.S. market. The KT5 features 30mm construction with a 32mm front loop to increase front grip. CRG's new Ven 13 brake system is cutting edge technology with a master cylinder that allows for pressure regulation within the system. Drivers can customize brake pressure to their own requirements to improve feel and to avoid brake lockup. The cart is finished with new KG507 508 bodywork that has refined aerodynamics and reduced weight. For cadet drivers, the 2022 CRG Black Mirror is already logging positive results to start the new season. This chassis will be making big waves in 2022. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. With 4-cycle racing enjoying consistent growth in North America, CRG's FS4 chassis is the ideal choice for racers in brakes and stratton competition. From pure racing to karting entertainment, Many tracks, both indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the CRG Centurion rental cart line. Five different models, for both gas-powered or electric engines, can fit any track's needs for a new rental cart fleet. CRG Nordam has a full inventory of rental carts available for new and existing facilities. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com. To inquire about a North American dealer near you please email us at info at hyphennordam.com. Welcome back to episode 104 of the EK and debrief Supercarts USA Supernats 25 edition. Uh, our last bit of the race report right now is we have three categories to cap things off. Let's go into X30 junior 48 entries in total and one of the drivers to beat throughout the entire weekend in both of the X30 junior categories in terms of pace and qualifying and the heat races was Caleb Gaffera. He was really the fastest driver, just kind of rolled through and was was getting the job done in all the heat races. Uh, I think, what, two heat race wins and KA 100 Jr. ends up second in the other. David flat out dominated everything ahead of the main event, uh, qualified on pole ahead of Ernesto Rivera, his Rollison Performance Group teammate in second. Uh, Kai Burke third, Sebastian Weldon in fourth, and Max Garcia right up there in the top uh, five during the time session, that really short time session. Uh, in the three heat races, Gaffera won them all. Garcia was second in one and two. Rivera, uh, Rivera was second in one. Garcia was third that race. So both Gaffera and Garcia really good throughout the entire weekend.
1: Yeah, Rivera, as you said, qualified second. He had a DNF in that opening heat race. So that was kind of his blemish uh, to his record. And then, as you said, finished second in the second heat race and then ninth in the third heat race. So that dropped him down to 13th, but it allowed, you know, as you said, Garcia to step up there, finish, starting the main event from the second spot as Jesus, v- Jesus Vasquez Jr. And uh, Cameron Brinkman filling up row two with Leonardo Escorpione and Cooper Shipman in row three. So a lot of different uh, guys we've seen throughout the season be fast, uh, have the ability to be right up there and to challenge early on in the main.
0: Yeah. Main event, uh, was, uh, interesting. Cause, uh, you had know, led early at one point, uh, actually got shuffled back, got back up to the lead, but Rivera was really the man on the move. And it's, it was interesting. We discussed this myself and Mike Smith and Xander Clemens on the car chaser broadcast that, uh, Rivera's kind of been kind of like the understudy throughout the season for Rollins and Performance Group. Gaffera really has had such a uh, dominant season in terms of race wins. I think he won 25 or 26 races on the mm-hmm. season in both Scuse and USPKS competition. Um, but on this day, it was Rivera, Ernesto Rivera, stepping up, getting by Gaffera, was able to hold the top spot. Caleb had told us in the post-race interview that he had tagged a barrier, I believe, and bent the front end up a little bit, and just at that point wasn't able to. Uh, to be able to close back up. So Rivera was perfect, man. He was a second ahead. Rivera tried to push at the end, but Rivera had things handled and, and always cool David to see one driver with that big breakout national victory and haven't come on the biggest stage at the super nationals.
1: Without a doubt. It was, right? it was massive. And as you said, in terms of pace, like his fast lap was lap 19. And you have that feeling that lap 20 could have been just as fast, but he probably took that last couple of corners, excited and just screaming in his helmet that he yeah. was going to win the super nationals. So, uh, cause really it, it, he should, he was the fastest guy on, on the racetrack. He certainly was. He was coming from 13th, was able to get in that lead group. Again, we talked about it. it, it a lot of shuffling early on Gaffer got back to third. So a lot of drivers were, were looking good early, but that allowed him to close up and be within that gap. I mean, he was, he was in the, um, in the fifth position, by lap two so he was right there ready to pounce and again let those drivers get kind of crazy eat up their tires maybe a little bit early on and then once kind of things settled down he was able to pick them off one by one grafaro got back into the lead he followed him through and then followed by him to take the lead and then just from there just was consistent And like you said a very similar performance to what we've seen caleb do in the past come from the back race his way forward. And so Rivera was able to duplicate that with a super nationals victory.
0: Yeah. Rivera with the win by a second. Gaffera, Garcia, Vasquez Jr., and Cameron Brinkman rounding out the top five. Pretty impressive run. Hard charger in the race. Max Taylor, David started 40th, ended up getting his way up to twelfth. I thought that was something we want one might want to pick up because that's a really solid run from deep in the field over a main event at the Super Nets.
1: It's a lot of passing. That's right yeah, a lot of passing right there,
0: I'll tell you. <laughs> Uh, let's go to X 30 Masters and a couple of the drivers uh, we expected to see up front, no doubt were there uh, in qualifying. RJD, Renato Jadder, right there as P1. Uh, Will Power has been really good at the Supernats. He ends up qualifying second. Ben Cooper, the driver who I didn't see in the entry list, so no, no, <laughs> therefore did not pick him in my, which is ridiculous. Ben and I had a good laugh about that when I first got into the RPG paddock. Kip Foster. I made, I
1: made sure he knew that, by the way.
0: Yeah, I know, 100% you did. Uh, Kip Foster, four-time winner in fourth. And Chris Wareheim, uh, I took, I'm sure, took full uh, uh, happiness. He had rip- carte
1: blanche on us, yes. In,
0: in, in ripping on us after qualifying P5. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. I mean, again, I I expected him to be to, a, among the one of the fast drivers. There's no doubt about that. Was he on the podium at the end? No. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: right. that's one thing I said to everybody. I had guys come up to you me. Know, parents always say that they're like, oh man, why didn't you pick us? Why you were wrong? You just don't you don't you don't get it. You're having fun, or maybe even not. Maybe partly serious. But I always say is. You can say that to me right now, but literally, I can't yeah. come back to you later on when you didn't get on the podium and go, "Hey, by the way, you didn't get on the podium," because that's not that's not what we do. Right? We I like
1: I had nobody, but then we didn't see very many people Sunday night, no, that's very so um, I I yeah, I didn't have very many people uh, <laughs> tell me I did wrong, so that was good, except so, for you know Tuesday.
0: So so heat race is very interesting through these uh, mm. through X 30 Master. Kip mm-hmm. Foster wins the first one. Martin Pierce wins the second one. Will Power wins the third one. A lot of action happened during the heat races.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of contact, a lot of interesting yeah. starts. I mean, no different than what you saw in your master racing in KA 100. There, were, It was pretty much the same thing in, in X30 Master. And that was one thing David Serra, first time master driver said. He's like, man, there's a lot of wild, crazy guys out here. Uh, so there's a lot of contact early in a lot of the races. So that certainly shuffled up the order in the, uh, in the opening heat race to, I think, foster what he was started fourth. So again, starting on the outside is not always good, but he was able to avoid the, all the carnage. Martin Pierce coming up and picking up a win in heat two, So there was a lot more contact in that race as well. And then Will Power was able to put himself up front in the in third heat race. Renato just, it, it seemed like after qualifying just didn't quite have this, the same speed that he had in that time session. So not really sure what, uh, what was missing there. I mean, he was right there, uh, you know, finishing top five in all the heat races. So that put him uh, third on the order, but um, or, or on the pole position for the main event, but never was able to pick up a heat win. So it was, it was uh, you know, going in, he's starting on pole, but I, I didn't see him as as uh, as a possible winner uh, when we got to Super Sunday.
0: Yeah, so here's how it all sh- – one of the interesting – this is kind of how it all shook out. Obviously, Renato Jotter comes out of the gate and wins the first – set. Uh, wins, uh, leads the first seven laps before Will Power moved to the front. But, Nate, the, the wildest thing about this race here is I think we were all kind of following Ben Cooper. He seemed like he was moving forward. This guy's going to be undeniable. He's going to get it. And he hit the wall, and then this was kind of the discussion about those tires really going away.
2: Yeah, I think we saw – Especially on Sunday, a lot of degradation between for the rear tires, just a lot of destroyed rear Avancos by the end of the weekend for the X30 and shifter categories. So a lot of tire management having to be done. And if you did save your tires earlier on in the weekend, it certainly did help you in this final.
0: I talked to Mario Barrios about it as well. He said the same thing. He felt like he was really good. And all of a sudden he hit a wall and then, cause he had just literally just pointed Cooper by both teammates at, at Rawson And then all of a sudden he hits the wall, Cooper hits the wall and the thing just can't go any further. I actually took pictures of both Ben's front and rear, and they were both absolutely garbage. Just, just, uh, you know, falling apart essentially. Uh, but what this did was make things pretty exciting, David, because this Tom Grice, um, Coming out of nowhere, the British driver rocking and rolling works his way forward. Starts on a move. He gets first. He gets Barrios, then he gets Cooper, and then it becomes pretty strong that this guy's going to the front. It was wild at the end of that one.
1: Yeah, kind of an unknown throughout the week because he finished eleventh uh, on in heat two and and then recorded a DNF on heat three. So he, he did have a third finish in the opening heat race. But as we said, there was a lot of craziness going on in all the different heat races. So. This was a name that you know guys knew in the paddock, but we hadn't seen up front all yeah. week long. So That's it's it. like, what is going on? <laughs> and just can, as you said, just continue to pick drivers off one by one by one, and just had that consistent speed to be able to just inch forward and inch forward. And again, just you know, putting yourself in the right position. Again, he started outside the top ten and was in sixth spot by lap one. So that certainly helped his cause but again just kind of waited for the opportune moment and as you said saving was savings i I really appeared to be like he was saving his tires because it wasn't until lap 14 that he put down his quickest lap and that was the moment that he started to be be able to to pass drivers but yeah you you look go you look at his lap times, and they got worse after that point. But you're passing people, and as you said, there the driver sees passing. Their paces were falling off as well, too.
0: Yeah, the last couple of laps, obviously Renato Jadre David running in second. Will Power leading the way <laughs> looked like pa- looked to me like Power had it. uh, You know, with with a couple of laps, so three, four, five laps to go. Like Power's got this. He's out front, running fantastic, able to hold the gap on on Renato. And then, as we said, Grice kind of worked his way by Cooper. (laughs) And then uh, over the last couple laps, reeled in and got Jotter. And then, boom, was able to get by power. I think it was in turn number seven, uh, threw down to the bottom. And that was it. You know, Will, his tires were done. He wasn't able to do anything. And even though he kept pushing over the last couple laps on that that final lap, he's able to get the pass done and wins by almost four tenths of a second.
1: Yeah, it was actually, I think, coming to the – the white flag, if I recall, I'm, I'm going to look double check that. Yeah, I, because I think it was turn ten. I think it was right there in front of everybody. Because oh, I, I thought
0: think, he got it over in seven.
1: No, because I think that because Will was was not good coming out of nine that left hander after eight, and I think he was thinking about defending and then didn't, and went the normal line, and then and then Thomas just dove right in. So I want to yeah. say it was I thought it was turn ten because I think he got into the lead coming to the white flag because uh, it was God. very similar. To what we had seen when Kip Foster beat Will Power back in I what was it 2014 or 2013? Um, and like you said, it just the tires were Will just his tires were going away as well, too. Yeah. So uh yeah, it was coming to the white flag. Uh I want to say in turn 10 that uh, that Thomas took the victory or took so, the win, so, lead.
0: <laughs> so power, so Grice gets the win. Obviously, everybody pretty happy when we got in. There was Grice Power. Uh, Renato Jadder, he actually wasn't happy at all from P3. Uh, ben Cooper in fourth and Kip Foster in the fifth spot. Uh, everybody was pretty, you know, both Power and Foster pretty happy for Grice. Um, in the end, Power gets uh, dinged for squish on the power plant. Uh, so he loses a second-place finish. That moves RJD up into second, Cooper to third, Foster to fourth, and brings Danilo Romalho back onto the podium, his second podium of the weekend. Tough one for Will Power, for sure. I think he had shown good speed throughout the weekend. Uh, you know, you know, squish is always such a crazy thing, right? We, you know, we talked to Tony, I mean, to uh, Rick Jump about it at the Skuza Winter Series. When I asked him, uh, somebody got dinged for squish. I said, how close was it? And what did he say, David? Doesn't
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter.
0: It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I talked to a couple of people about that. Uh, and they're just, some of them guys said what they probably expected it was, was that the, I guess the, uh, the aspirin fuel does burn quite a bit of carbon. And, mm-hmm. and you could potentially build that up. And I talked to a couple of guys about that as well. So that's got to be a concern for, for engine builders, right? When you're, you, you got to kind of understand, I guess, what's going on that way, but tough one for willpower.
1: Yeah. We've seen it at USPKS as well, too. Drivers, yep. you know, getting getting dinged for squish there. It's just, uh, again, a lot of... <laughs> it,
0: it's the fine, it's, it's a, the, it's the, it's the fine amount you have to have. You have to be right on the edge of the fat at this level, right?
1: It is. And, but again, this is the, that's a scenario where you, you want to try and not even, it's like weight. It really is, you mm-hmm. know, the squish thing, engine builders know they can measure the difference. They understand it. And, and so just, just being aware of that, it's no different than making sure you have at least three to four pounds, uh, on the, you know, in terms yeah. of the positive for, for weight. So, yeah. yeah. It, yeah, it 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 makes engine builders' lives uh, a little bit difficult. That's for sure. There's no doubt about it. But that's motorsports. I mean, the, you know, they're on the edge. They're trying to push push these engines to the edge every single weekend. And obviously, this weekend's a little bit different than than most. But um, you know, it it uh, the squish is something that we're still going to see uh, getting getting pushed to the <laughs> limit week in and week out.
0: Yeah, until the last time we're going to hear that DQ. <laughs>
1: No, it is not. No, no, it is not.
0: All right, let's go to Pro Shifter and cap this thing off. Seventy-four drivers in the po- Pro Shifter category, and interestingly, as you the kind of the way the heat races played out, there was a couple heat races where uh, the, the first one, being the the one, it was all like the Red Army. All the all the PSL mm-hmm. Burrell Art guys were in one heat race, and they dominated mm-hmm. coming out of the gate. Pedro Hilbrand qualifies on pole. Danny Formal really impressive in the RPG. Tony uh, Cosmic rather in second. You got Mark Marcus Kajak in the Tony cart. Jake French in the Burrell, and Marion Kremer's in the Burrell. So, what two OTKs and a couple of Burrell arts from the top five and qualifying. But as I said, David, the opening heat race was all Burrell up front.
1: It certainly was. Yeah, that that was the uh, the the same theme that we saw last year. Outside Las Vegas Motor Speedway, a lot of the uh, the Burl Art machine, uh, manufactured machines, Charles Leclerc, Burl Art, uh, were up front. And Hildebrand, who had not yet uh, run the Pro Shifter category at the Super Nationals, is a KZ regular in Europe, was really excited about racing it this year and certainly showed uh, as he was up front for majority uh, of the week. Uh, only missing out on one heat race win, and that was a loss to Martin Kremer's, finishing second to him in the third round of heat races. Uh, so, but again, you had Formel that was up there picking up a win, and then Kajak picking up two of his own. So he he was really elevated as that driver that could break up the red uh, that was up front with Hildebrand, Kremer's, and and the other drivers, including Jake French, who started six uh, with uh, three top five finishes in heat races. Uh, for mal's third heat race is what i think cost him he finished ninth so that put him back to fifth starting from row three uh behind uh basically behind kremers alongside kremers was remo ruskitti in the ital cart who had three top five finishes as well in the heat races he so he
0: fast. a
1: number of different drivers including the magic heart driver uh fabian federer yeah. who Ryan Beechner pointed out on Facebook, he said, Hey, he watch did. this guy.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so that was uh, an interesting because he essentially took the role for magic Heart with uh, AJ Myers uh, recording that DNF in the third heat race when he uh, just went a little bit wide and made ca- hard contact with the barriers. So that dropped him down to 21st in the order for the main event grid. So looking at it, there was a, it looked to be a lot of the different interesting stories that could have developed uh, throughout the main event. When you, when you looked at the grid, including the top eight, which eighth place was the defending winner, Matteo Vigiano, in the eighth spot.
0: Yeah, the wildest thing about that race obviously was we got going. It was a big wreck on the opening lap mm-hmm. uh, that, that took a long time to get cleaned up. And, and uh, obviously a big, a big, pretty nasty wreck for the driver, who was okay, thankfully. But and, and then you get a couple drivers getting incidents on those opening laps, right? You're talking about Formal getting taken out of the opening circuit. They tried to get that cart fixed. Same went for Kyle Wick. He stuck a motor. They went back and tried to get that motor redone. And again, we followed that on, on the broadcast the entire time. Hey, are these guys going to be allowed to come back in? We were speculating. I went straight in and I said, you know what? Why don't I just go ask Bo Barfield? So I literally went and asked the race director if they'd be able to come back on. He said, absolutely not. And the discussion, David, afterwards, I talked with some people where, you know, occasionally if something like that happens in a European race, they'll do a half hour repair period, right? They'll sell a red flag, bring everybody back in, do a half hour repair period but we were a lap and a half in already. And obviously not something you were able to do. It wasn't the opening lap. So both, and, uh, both uh, formal and wick were, all, were, we're done for the day. Well,
1: And the whole, the whole red flag situ- Nate, I'm not sure where you, where were you at? When I was, this, all, I when was this on, on this the, happened. I was in the tower no, at that Nate, point. I asked oh, Nate, Nate. sorry, Nate, my apologies. Nate. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was in the tower too.
1: Okay. So I was in turn one when this all happened. So I was there with all the photographers that were there catching the start of the race. Right. Cause it just happened. As you said, they had one completed lap and essentially it happened right after that first turn because it was right on the straightaway where the cart got up and over after, uh, had nowhere to go because there was a cart stuck right in the middle of the racetrack. So it was a unique, I'm not quite sure why they threw the red flag to begin with. Uh, because earlier in the week they had literally a mini, a mini Swift driver laying on the racetrack and didn't throw the red flag with him ejected from the cart. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was in where this driver was able to get up and get out and slowly walked off the racetrack in time for the field to come back around and, and clear the racetrack. But they threw the red right away. And so the only thing I can think of is it looked more horrific than what it was. And so they just assumed and threw the red flag. So it was a strange scenario because you said it was a long cleanup. It really wasn't a long cleanup. Because the driver could have easily walked to the ambulance, but they rolled it out already. They put them in the back, they backed them up, and then we sat there and waited. I'm not exactly sure if they were trying to line up everybody, but there was a, as you said, a long period of waiting and waiting and waiting. I wasn't quite sure what was going on. I didn't even know about the whole uh, formal Wick thing until after, because again, I'm in turn one, and we had no, there's no speakers where we were at, and okay. hear what you guys were talking about. Until I got on social media that night and talked to a couple other people that, you know, they changed, did an engine change in like six minutes it was wild. for Kyle Wick.
0: <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, Gary Carlton and the whole crew jumping in getting get that engine changed. The pipe was flying off. They were going to town. And Gary, of course, was on, literally on full pin because the minute he came down and realized they weren't going to let him back in, he had his hands on his knees like, oh, my God, I just like put it all out there. For five, 10 minutes, it was amazing. It really was. Yeah, that, that
1: that that part's amazing. And what, I'm just wondering, what was the, the the delay? Do we? I guess we I don't, don't know. really know, do we? I don't know. Was we it lining know. everybody back up?
0: I don't know. They're all kind of hanging around. I don't know. That's something we should all have to dig into.
1: Okay.
0: All right. Well, listen. The bottom line is, we go back to Green Flag Racing, and, and pretty easy for fifteen thousand dollars. Pedro Hiltbrand essentially handles the handles the race for for twenty five laps and gets a massive win.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, not necessarily a dominating performance, but he just was able to maintain just that little bit quicker of a pace over, over Kajic, uh, on the Tony cart. Uh, again, nothing wild and crazy throughout the main event. I think it was more the battle behind them, uh, for position, uh, Federer eventually, uh, put himself up into the third spot and it was Kremers who I, it was almost like Kremers was like the, uh. The pinball, he was a driver kind of trying to save his position and just didn't quite. I think he said that in the interview with you, just just missed something for the main event and didn't quite have the pace and actually got a penalty. He finished fourth on racetrack, but got a five second penalty for uh, for contact. So that dropped him off the actual official podium, moved um, Ricardo Longhi into the four spot and then American Jake French on the podium in the fifth position for his what is Right now, we'll just say it is final Super Nationals, but don't be surprised if you see him in a couple of years.
0: That's it. That's it. Here's, here's, one, <laughs> here's one thing I want to bring up, and, and Nate, you, you, I'll let you talk about this a, a little bit as well. One of the wildest things that happens in the entire weekend is Vincenzo Saracino coming out of turn 10, breaking a hub, and it's I don't really, I even know how many views it has now probably on social media, but he ends up doing uh, what? About eight 360s, or let's say five or six 360s, shoots him out of the go-kart. Uh, he's okay, thankfully. He ends he ends up coming through to, as the last last driver, I believe, right through the the L C Q. Starts mm-hmm. 40th, up 24 spots, ends up 16th at the end of the Super, Super Nationals. Great run for Saraceno. but dude, that Spinorama thing was the, one of the wildest things <laughs> I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, I was in turn one with car chasers, uh, cameraman there, and we both caught the back end of it and kind of looked at each other, wondering what the heck happened. And I <laughs> turned into the live stream, caught the delay of it, and it was just spinning around. Oh um, it's it is going viral online. Car chaser's reel of it is sitting at one million views exactly. <laughs> I've seen it at <laughs> That's on. Amazing. Other TikTok social media platforms, not just Car Chaser, or us, yeah. other people picking it up as well. It was, I wouldn't say the highlight of the weekend, but it was one of the things that a lot of people will take away as, I was oh yeah, say, that happened at Super Nationals 25. Yeah. One of the
0: memories, right? Yeah. Yeah, one of the 100% memories. Wow, but good for Vincenzo. Uh, after all that happened to be able to go, to the last transfer spot through the LCQ starts 40th, Drives his way up 24 positions to finish 16th. Great job for him. Folks, final break in the action. When we get back, uh, I'm, David's going to start off by gloating with the fact <laughs> that he won the uh, prediction. Really? Pool. You, gotta, you can't let me do the announcements? <laughs> I think we probably laid it up pretty early. We'll wrap things up. We'll look at the Constructors' Championship, and then we'll have a look at our for the final time in 2022. We'll have a look at the and Trackside Live Race Calendar. Don't go anywhere. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is Racelab. The full service karting operation is located at the state of the art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. Racelab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing the full range of models from Kid Kart to Shifter Kart. Villeneuve Racing Carts is their flagship product, available only through Racelab. The brand carries the name of Formula 1 champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve, with each model produced by TV Cart. Cartplex, the home of Racelab, is situated on the grounds of the Area 27 Motorsports Park. From full arrive and drive TV Cart rentals to leagues and competition karting, the facility provides a new home to developing the future stars of motorsports. All beginning at Kartplex with Racelab. Follow Racelab on social media on Facebook and Instagram or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TV Kart and Villeneuve Racing Karts. Racelab. Race with us, win with us. Established in 1999, PSL Carding has become a powerhouse within the carding industry for North America and around the world. PSL Carding is your complete source for all Borel Art products as the North American importer, providing this top quality product through both their expansive dealer network or through the PSLCarding.com online store. Whatever you need is available 24 7 online, including safety gear, parts, components, and full carding packages. All three brands, Morrell Art, Ricardo Kart, and Charles Leclerc Karts are in stock and ready to hit the track. Grab your winning chassis for any category by visiting pslkarting.com to find your nearest dealer. PSL Karting is always looking for interest in new dealers and teams to help create new business relationships. Drivers looking to take their talent to the next level can join the Borel Art North America race team competing at all the major U.S. and Canadian events this season. When you're ready to win, go with PSL Karting. Uh, uh, Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Welcome back to the EK Debrief, episode number 104, as we cap things off for this show, as we've taken a deep dive into the Supercarts USA Supernats 25 uh, race reports. Now is the time on Sprockets when Dave gloats. <laughs> um i'm gonna
1: dance or i'm talking
0: all right dave uh in the for those of you who don't know during our outlap podcast for the supernats we david and i have uh, in the past done our predictions we pick who we think is going to be top five i was able to win last year nate came in this year uh david i'll i'll let you roll that i'll just sit back here and take my lumps because uh pass over the trophy this year yes yes now let's let's
1: say we did we did this before podcasts even we we put predictions up on the website we did so this is something this is an ongoing this has been an ongoing thing it was inspired really by cart sport back in the day because they tried to do like odds and then betting thing but i don't know a bookie good enough to be able to do all that stuff so we just do predictions and and again you know i was kind of sad that nobody wanted to outdo us and and because we're amazing. We know what we're talking about. Well, maybe maybe I'm amazing and you're not so much. Wow. Nate, though, on the other hand, had me worried as I'm doing calculations. Uh, essentially, the I, oh, I point. Just want,
0: I, just, I just want to say, well done, Nate. Out of the game. Well done, Nate. <laughs> well done. Yeah, yeah, no doubt.
1: Oh, without no a doubt. doubt. I mean, you know, for, as he said, putting it in the randomizer,
0: yeah. putting,
1: <laughs> putting it together top fives, he did very well. He should keep this randomizer with him wherever he goes. Um, but, uh, oh, I did, I did that. Hold on. I did the correct predictions and the wrong people, but anyway, uh, points breakdown: 27 points for me, which is, it seemed a little bit low, but, uh, just the way things factored out ended up being the most points, uh, you know, compared to, you know, Rob, you had 36 points last year and we had one more category.
0: Yeah, So that's,
1: that's the crazy thing is that I, I sucked. I scored nine points less than what you did last year with an extra category but i still won and so that's the surprising part i think maybe the international drivers threw us off in certain categories for sure yep really kind of just to look at it so then nate dean finished second with 24 points so we'll get into that a little bit more and then rob howden 16 so he's pulling up the rear with um less 11 points less than what i scored Dude, you, so.
0: you killed me in both x30 master and ka100 senior
1: let's yeah let, let let's kind of just overview it because x30 senior we all sucked we, we had, had none of the we none of us had any of the top five so that is where we all sucked i was amazing and KA 100 <coughs> junior because i had one driver in the top five and you guys had zero so that's kind of how things went um it was very close to be honest, Nate had the most, I wrote this wrong on the script, but I'll get it right here. Nate had it correctly predicted four drivers finishing in the correct position. So that's that right. essentially put him in the hunt because I had only two drivers in correct positions. So that was kind of the difference. Because if Nate would have got probably one more or maybe two more, uh, he would have certainly beat me in one overall. So to, for Nate to be able to get that, that's you know, that randomizer is
2: amazing, Nate.
0: I'm obviously gonna go up. Yeah. to. I've got to go back here and make sure David did these corrections correctly, so that I don't get screwed over here.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I got, I got a nice. I used that for X30 Master and for KA100 Master, so and that was my two biggest scoring well <laughs> categories. Played. So well, be well played, Matt sir. Master. That well is played,
1: true. Sir. Yeah, you. You didn't score the most in X30 master. That was me. I got seven points there because I got correct. The third place finisher with Ben Cooper, who, yeah, robbed it left out of his top five. So that would have gave him some points there.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, But that was our, I think that was our best. uh, No, that was my best. I had seven points in that category. Nate's best was six and that was K100 master because he correctly picked Third place pin- finisher Lorenzo Mardan, but we had all three of those drivers in the top five, so that was a difference there because he got those three extra bonus points in that for picking Mardan in the correct position.
0: I think I think the best one for Nate was the fact that he's the only one of us to pick Rivera and asked Rivera to be top five.
1: He did that. That yep. was a, a difference as well too. But uh luckily, I had Brinkman. So that saved me from losing a point to Nate in that because you didn't you only had two with Gaffera and Garcia. I had those two as well along with Brinkman. So that kind of kept me and Nate cuz again I started at Microswift and worked my way down to Pro Shifter. It was looking scary. I was I thought Nate had us <laughs> I thought Nate had us bent over.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, Nate, mind- anything, anything else stand out
1: for you looking at the at the numbers there? I mean you got you got uh uh, second place finisher in micro Swift correctly with uh, Simone. So that's, that was four bonus points there.
2: I think uh, me going a bit haywire in micro Swift and not picking Simone kind of did help me a little bit, but the, obviously the one thing that sticks out that we talked about is we really sucked an X 30 senior. We did.
0: <laughs> Horrible.
2: We did like, not do good. We would have got one point each before Norberg's <laughs> DQ, but it was even before that, it was not good. Well, yeah, David, hold on. you mentioned that's, hold a, on.
0: that's that was it. Ended up being a full European top five again. It was, just, you know, it's always a it's always a roll of the dice. Now,
1: yeah, none of us had uh, Norberg in third place because both me and Nate had him winning, and then Rob, you had him second. So, yeah, that just would have been that would have been only one point for all three of us there um but yeah you know i think the Vila, i think that was an option you know because we've seen it before because none of us knew gilterre really no um i i saw stole Manis. I, I wanted to put him in this one but i didn't just because of the level of the field and i wasn't again when you're coming into the super nationals as a senior rookie yeah you've won the rotax grand finals but that the rotax grand finals is a completely different event compared to this so Not sure exactly how it was going to work out. So it's good to have these names now for if they do come back next year to kind of it's going to make predictions even more difficult next year.
0: Uh yeah, we're done about that. And uh, there were a couple, like we said, a couple of late entries we didn't know about, right? That that, that would have gave us a, like a, like a, like an like an RJD running an X30 RK one hundred master, like a shooto moving over to Romalo,
1: uh even because we Romalo. he wasn't on the entry list. We talked about him, but we, yeah. we couldn't predict him because he wasn't on the entry list That's yet. That's it.
0: That's true. Yeah. All right, bottom line is is I like, got my ass handed to me. Uh That's David Cole wins and Nate Dean super impressive in his freshman prediction very impressive yeah very impressive all right let's wrap things up here guys um here's here's some wrap-up stuff let's just throw i'm gonna hold this one the first one till afterwards um is this this actually true 10 first-time winners in 10 categories
1: this is the first year since 2008 that we have seen all new first-time winners uh, winning at the Supernational, so no repeat winners at wow. the Supernational. I had to, I, it took me a little bit to look at that because again, yeah. you got you got to factor in you know drivers winning one year but not the other or winning in other categories. Uh, but yeah, 2008, you know, we had a Man. number of we had all first time winners in 2008, and there were just happen to be ten categories that year to where. Uh, this year we had ten categories and ten different first-time winners at the Super Nationals.
0: Wow! Uh, at the rather the uh, the awards banquet, the awards ceremony for the Pro Tour on Tuesday evening, Scusa putting up a slide part, as part of the pr- uh, presentation that the Supernats would return to Las Vegas, said Las Vegas for the twenty-sixth mm-hmm. edition of the event but date and location tba obviously david the normal the, the traditional scuza Nationals date the same weekend as formula one i don't think we're going to be going there nobody wants to spend sixty-eight thousand dollars for a suite uh at any of the hotels what are you talking so,
1: about is for a motel six that's, that's probably gonna cost that, that.
0: <laughs> true enough true <laughs> enough yeah yeah you're right um so we'll see <laughs> we'll see whether it's going earlier or after right
1: yeah, that's yeah. kind of the deal. You know, Rock uh, Cup USA has new leadership, but we know they have a deal with the Rio set uh, for multiple years. So, it you know, what if it's going to happen there? If Scus is looking at a new location, have no idea, you know, the Las yeah. Vegas Motor Speedway in play, is the Sam Boyd Stadium in play? Is there another parking lot along the Las Vegas Strip that's capable of holding this event? Because as we saw with record numbers this year, uh, we need the space. It, it's it. Uh, it, uh that's it's a hard part because you got to expect. I mean, why not try and open some more of some of these categories? I know it makes for longer days. There's 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 can be a way to kind of move that around. I don't know, you know, or, you know, do we do we? I don't know. There's a lot of different options out there, yeah. but you got to expect it not to be on, on the, uh, the week before Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, and There's not like there's one class that you're going to drop because there's the numbers are bad. Numbers are great in every category. So if you open well, up, that's a what I'm Ka- saying. Yeah. If you open up a KA 100 masters, if you reopen K a 100 junior, whatever class you reopen mini swept again, whatever it ends up being in terms of the numbers, you're going to have to add more time because it looks to me like the supernets still with a lot of momentum, but all right, good things. One and more, for, one more good thing. Oh, where's that? what's the other guy? I thing? didn't
1: I didn't put it on the script, but oh, we sir. I wanted to talk about. It. We can sir. we can see.
0: serve it
1: up. Scoops Hall of Fame. Yeah, brought came back to uh, the uh, Super Nationals. They uh, inducted a couple of guys we might know uh, yeah, I... in terms of uh, media and and other activities that they do within Supercars USA and for carding in general. One of them, the better one, uh, probably Chris Ortenberger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Agreed.
1: <laughs> uh, you know. And, and the greatest line that Tom Cutcher could say was the guy who introduced me to a computer. I mean, not yeah. essentially, you know, because Chris has been the backbone of the organization for a long time in terms of behind the scenes stuff yeah. that happens. And and again, just another guy who has brought so much to the sport, not only with through the innovation and flying lap media, but all the behind the scenes stuff that he's done to try and elevate just, not just scusa, but the sport in general.
0: I think that's what people don't know about Chris or, but obviously some people don't know Chris because he does spend a lot of time behind the scenes. Chris Hortenberger, he really has been the man behind the brand itself. Like the, the building of the brand, you know, not, not so much all the, the all those posters. Yeah. Just every, every logo, every graphic Mm -hmm. presentation, you know, whatever it may be, uh, you know, uh, um, staff, shirt, you know, staff, everything, the, the, the videos, shirts, the videos, the, the merchandise he's, he's just been, he's been the guy digging into the trenches, providing the brand and so much more, uh, for many, many years. Yeah. Most, most definitely a deserving, um, uh, member to go in, to go into the Supercars USA hall of fame for sure.
1: Yeah. Cause again, he's been there since Tom and Patty took over Supercars USA. He was yeah. there at the 2006, Super Nationals. And again, just again, that connection of uh, of elevating the our sport and the organization as a whole. Um, I guess not much else to say about the other guy. Nope. Um, just some <laughs> hack from Canada who has one catch line.
0: That's it. That's <laughs> <Catch> it. <laughs> He's a one trick pony.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who did not know this was I let me say this on the record and on, on the airwaves. It was so great knowing who was going to get it because neither of them knew, and and so Chris knew that Rob was going to get it, and then Rob knew that Chris was going to get it. But neither, and that was the most amazing part of the whole scenario. <laughs> but again, no, no, t- two two people who certainly deserve it, and including Rob. Um, I'll speak to you in like third person or something like that. Um, <laughs> but it was it was it was you know. I wish Tom was a better speaker because I had written out a number of different notes and, you know, Tom and his speeches and yeah. MF this and MF that. But,
0: uh, send it would say, 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 send me over your the script that you said, him and I'll have one more tier and we'll call well, it. I, I will, I will.
1: I, <laughs> I but I just wrote, I wrote him notes and, and I, you know, eventually I'm going to write a column with when I actually catch up on my sleep. But yeah, I mean, uh,
0: you sleep for five days first.
1: I, I'll try to because I'll probably become a better writer by then. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, it was it was fun to kind of just watch because you had that same um, kind of emotion when when you awarded me the Dan Weldon. Agreed. And uh, so it was it was fun to to see the, the surprise <laughs> and the emotion kind of outpouring uh, as, as Tom did do his, his speech. And because you knew from a couple of the comments and, and words that he said uh, that it was coming your way. But uh, it was it was certainly great to be there. Uh, I love the surprise part element of it, and uh, a better no better way than to celebrate racing at your first ever Supernationals than to be inducted into uh, the Hall of Fame for an organization you've been there since the beginning.
0: Yeah, uh, no doubt about that. I was, not as uh, an owner though. Not definitely, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not as an owner. Let's put that to bed quickly. I, I laugh. I do remember. I do remember going to the obviously the first supernats in '97 and '98, but I also remember Jim Murley and I. Driving from Columbus, Ohio, to Phoenix, Arizona, for the first ever scuza Promoto Tour race in 1999. I think it was like an April or something like that. We left with like I think 27 entries because nobody pre-entered, and I was on the literally on his phone in the car. You know, one of the the box phones, like the the bag Zach phones. Zach Morris. Zach Morris, bag phone, calling people yeah. to find out whether or not they were coming so we could make sure we had enough Bridgestone tires at the racetrack so yeah it's been i've been part of scusa for a long time and to be honest supercarts usa is what allowed me to launch my first magazine in 1998 uh by essentially buying subscriptions for every one of their members which i think was like 150 at that point uh so yeah i've had a lot of, i've had a lot of a lot of good times with supercarts usa and it was definitely a uh, it was an honor for sure very cool
1: yeah it was uh it was it was fun to see, and again, you you're, you even go back to the Janowski family yeah, and the Florida Winter Tour stuff that happened with Supercart USA as well too. So it goes well beyond the Supernationals and and other elements of the sport. But I
0: re- I remember having a meeting. I uh, that that uh, Don Janowski called me in nineteen. I think it was night was ninety eight. He said, "Hey, listen, I'd like to sit down with you. Jim and I would like to sit down with you." So I went to Norway for a race and and yeah, sat down with Don cause he, this is what he wanted me to become. He wanted me to try to sell marketing for him and advertising. And he wanted uh, me to be the announcer for the series. And it was just, that was back in like in 1998. So crazy time. So obviously I'd been, I had helped announce the, the, uh, the first two supernats at that point, but, uh, or that first supernats at that point, but it was 98, which, which was the first year. So good times.
1: Good times. And so, yeah, to kind of wrap up our wrap up, um, one of the things that has certainly been on social media since uh, Super Sunday was was completed is the way the podium celebrations and, and ceremonies were conducted at the at, on Super Sunday after each main event. And this certainly was one of the years where we saw a number of penalties and, and disqualifications that changed the order of the top five. I think this was probably one of the more yeah uh, affected. Uh, years or results that uh, we've seen affected by post-race penalties also because they did not do the bumper penalties prior to the podium as well too that was something that since uh pushback bumpers came in that that was one of the the infamous podiums we saw was brandon lemke coming to the podium as the provisional winner and then losing it because of a pushback bumper penalty and then Polly massimino was then named the winner well they over the last couple of years they 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 looked at the pushback bumper penalty right away and, and assessed that first thing right away. I'm wondering if it's because of the television production they didn't do that, but we don't have a final say I'm not sure if you heard.
0: I didn't listen. We, we 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 did it when we had the television production the last couple of years. I don't know that Xander had any role in it, not that I know of. We didn't talk about that at all. Um it's such it's such a weird thing, right? Because as I'm just talking about the fact that I was at the 97, 98, 99, and all the other Redbud Super Nationals, that's been one of the things that we always did. It was right out of the cart, right, and you went right to victory lane. That was what that Jim Murley wanted. That that's what you do at a big race, whether it's a dirt race or whatever. You come out of the cart, you don't do tech, you go to the victory lane, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess you kind of hope that people are being legal, but um, you know, we don't pushbacks. So is not something you had back then, so that was never an issue. It was really just tech, tech it's always been a thing scusa did i want to say the first time we ever went inside was when like obviously again same if they get sam boyd stadium right straight to victory lane was was it was it 2013 or the year that it rained so much that we actually the rain was coming and they did like a last minute deal to bring everybody inside and that was hey we're all inside we're all warm you know everybody's having a beer at the bar we have a bar the thing is I think that was the first time we ever. No, no,
1: 2011 was the first year we did it inside. Um,
0: Did it rain that year? Like, was that the reason why? I'm not sure
1: if it was the reason why, but, um, you know, I'm looking at, we have the photos we were inside. And after that, we remained inside and we did it all the way up until the 20th edition, which was 2016. We were at the Westgate. The first year we, we did it inside the Westgate, it was just so poorly attended because it was across the street. It wasn't next to the paddock. And then there wasn't any excitement and, and yeah. there was a lot of talk about let's bring it back to track side. So we well, did it right and, there. And Dave,
0: and Dave, what else do people complain about? We're trying to get out of here. It's not until yeah. eight o'clock at night on Sunday night, you know, everybody mm-hmm. bitches and complains that they have flights out Sunday night or whatever it may be. So.
1: Exactly. So, so yeah, I understand both sides of it, but, I think because of the way that we have so many post-race incidents, my my suggestion moving forward would be to just celebrate the winner after the race. Very similar to what we see in professional motorsports with NASCAR and and other things with with the checkered flag lap, bring them around to the crowd, do an interview, and then and then do official podiums at the end of the event. I Not think a bad idea, just because of as, as we saw multiple winners not being able to celebrate it with a podium at all. Cause there's no podium once, nope. once the racing was done, that, that screen was gone. Yep. Um, and so there's no official podium. I think we need to go back to that with the super nationals. It's no different from what we do at normal races and, and karting is having the podium ceremonies at the end. Um, I think we just got to figure out a better timeline to be able to do that. Um, whether, you know, whether, whether, you know, the opening ceremonies is too long. Maybe we, we just shrink it up. There was a big gap between the warm up and the, and the ceremonies to, to shrink that down even more. I'm, I'm not ex- sure exactly how we're going to be able to do that, but um, because again, even it seemed like it was a rush rush uh, to get all 10 main events in. Luckily we did. And, and there was only that one red flag at the end of the day. So that, that helps save, you know, in terms of time. Uh, but I I just think, I think we got to have the official podium. I think everybody needs everybody that finishes in the top five officially needs to be able to celebrate that.
0: Nate, what are your thoughts on that?
2: I, I don't know. I go both ways with it. I think as a competitor who maybe would have finished second or third. Yeah. With the possibility of there being a penalty you would want if you did end up getting that win for someone having a penalty in front of you, you would want to celebrate it. Cause we saw like Steven Miller, when he found out he won, he just had to take a picture on a road in front of the Rio. And that was right. his celebration, yeah. which it sucks yeah. for him on the other side of things. And me being a little selfish from a media side, seeing the raw emotion of everyone who won. And especially in, uh, mini swift when turner brown won before he got the penalty seeing his just raw emotion how yeah. much it meant to him i i wouldn't want to take that away from the people who didn't get a bumper penalty who stayed in their tram lines and who don't have engines that possibly failed squish tests <laughs>
0: yeah no listen i, that, I, I, I agree Hell on and and that's uh nate You go back to Jim Murley, when we first started doing this, that was what he wanted, Don Janowski. It was the the same same term, the raw emotion. You've just won the biggest race. It's the raw emotion of taking the helmet off. You're not waiting the hour. Or listen, literally, what's the first race? Uh, 11 o'clock? You could be literally waiting nine hours or eight hours. Before yeah. you do, you know, so the, the, that's Dave, right? The motion was never there. Guys were there, yeah, right. already there. They're not in their suits anymore. They're wearing it, they don't want to wear their suits. They've been in other suits for eight hours or seven hours. So, again, that's like yeah, so that's the dichotomy. I, of it. So, yep.
1: I, I still think we need to have an official podium at the end, though. I still yep. do. I, I think maybe, I, you know, again, maybe it does, it could be quicker. Um, in terms a, you're, you're bang sure. on,
0: you're bang on, bring the winner down because at if least you, if you finish third. You're still pissed off they didn't win. <laughs> Normally, and, and right? that, yeah.
1: but but like but like Nate said, that's a great interview. Like yes. it's it's great to hear that that raw emotion you of, get that. of losing. Yeah. And oh I and, see you know, okay. as much as much as we don't want to, you know, see people lose, it, it just, just hearing their their raw emotion about it uh is quite unique. And you know, Billy Musgrave was one of them. There's other ones that you know were were pretty good interviews after the race. But I think in terms of to, to, to make it complete for everybody who does deserve to celebrate, it should be an official podium at the end. And like, like right. I said, uh, just bring the winner again yeah. to get, get the winner, the, the checkered flag, send everybody else to the scale line. Um, you know, again, with the way technology is, we can get that we could get uh, from the you know, we used to go to the scale line to do interviews. There's no there's no did. reason why we can't do that uh, with those drivers who finished second and third. Again, it all depends on the timeline and the show that they want to produce, Supercars USA does. So um, a lot of other different things that we could look at and change around, and, and certainly I have suggestions. I'm sure other people have suggestions. It's just a matter of putting it down on paper and, and getting the dis- discussions going.
0: So Dave, let's uh, cap off this wrap-up before we jump into the EK and Trackside Live race calendar. Uh, the Constructors Championship, we do this for all of our debriefs. Nine different brands scoring over the 10 wins.
1: Yeah, that is certainly a unique stat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not un- unlikely cuz last year we had eight different brands for nine winners. 2019 we had 11 brands for 12 different winners. So it's we've kind of we've kind of seen that diversity. I think really the only year we saw a lot of dominance was 2012 where there was only five brands and nine win- of the nine winners. So great to see the diversity continue in terms of the 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 constructors winning at the Super Nationals. The only t- the only brand to win twice Uh, This year was the Burrell Art. We had Kart Republic and Energy picking up victories, along with the Charles LeClerc chassis and LN Racing Kart. So those are two Formula One chassis right there.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Cosmic. Oh, another one. Alonzo Kart as well. Uh, And then Perlin and Tony Kart picking up victories as well. So uh, pretty diverse. You got OTK there one, two, three times. Uh, But you have Burrell Art and Charles LeClerc. Uh, also together, Kart Republic and Alonzo Carter are together as well, too. So, uh, But nine different brands and uh, a great diverse uh, winning list in terms of chassis manufacturers.
0: Let's wrap up the longest podcast of the year. <laughs> <laughs> the Supernatural. It's close to it. It's We're close. almost there. Yeah. With the EK and Trackside Live race calendar pre- presented today by Franklin Motorsports. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and they can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. They specialize in IME engines, till it seats, and of course, their championship-winning Merlin chassis. They've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for years, from providing a helping hand on a weekday test outing or at a club event to full arrive and drive packages at the highest level of competition for all things, karting visit franklincart.com. All right, guys, we're going to cap off 2022. We'll say this first and foremost, Nate, it's been fantastic. Having you join us midway through the season, looking forward to me jumping into a full calendar with you. It should be fantastic. Looking forward to the off season. But not for long, David. Uh, Our first Trackside Live coverage, January 13th, 14th, and 15th. The Supercarts USA Winter Series getting going back at the AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex. Uh, And then, what, maybe two weeks later, I guess, three weeks later, we go west, starting off the Challenge of the Americas at the and Honda Circuit in Tucson, Arizona. We are literally talking about 2023 right now.
1: Well, thankfully, we're in November, not December, because we are going to get that that month break for yes. uh, competitors, teams and manufacturers and everybody to kind of recharge here. We got obviously the Rotex Grand Finals going on right now over in Portugal. But after that, the the calendar for carding around the world kind of settles down. And, and as you said, we got it's time to regroup and reset as we head into the 2023 season uh, and no better way to do that than Homestead, Florida and
2: Tucson, Arizona.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nate, what did you think about your first six months? Bunch of races with us. Um, you've done great work. We appreciate it.
2: Yeah. It was quite the 20, the second half of the 2022 (laughs) season, a lot of (laughs) drama, a lot of stories, just a lot to keep up with, but a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. No doubt about that. David, final thoughts.
1: Ah, great. Uh, great super nationals, 25th edition, my 18th year in the hall of fame. So that'll never go away. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, yeah, just, just an amazing time. It was great time all both on and off the racetrack. Uh, Thank you to everybody who, who again supports what we do. And, and, and again, those who, who give us, you know, thank you. uh, Thank you back to you. And again, thank you to the racers because without you, uh, we wouldn't be able to write what we write or cover what we cover. And just, uh, again, amazing year. And uh, an amazing sport that we are part of.
0: Yeah, the feedback throughout the entire weekend, uh, you know, on what you do, it's kind of the final race of the year. So people, te- you know, thanking us for what we've done throughout the season. Uh, you know, getting me getting a chance to race the entire drive to twenty five went over really really well. I was obviously I got lots of articles still to write to cap that thing off. A lot of content still coming out from my running in the K one hundred master category. Awesome to get a chance to work with uh, Mike Smith and Xander Clemens again. We had a, a lot of fun. With that broadcast, I appreciate yeah. them kind of picking up some of the heavy lifting when I was pretty I, busy, right? I
1: believe I still owe Mike Smith a drink.
0: You probably, <laughs> yes, you do. That's right. Because the over-under, <laughs> we didn't mention that, the over-under on Rob's finish was top 20. I ended up finishing 19th. So there is another win. Um, that, I mean, is
1: think, a, that, is, that is a win for you. That, that is was a, win a big
0: you. win for me. I, I was able to get to the finish and, hey, and get the twin checkers from the flagman and starter of the Indianapolis 500. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's pretty cool. Aaron, that like- is something I've never gotten. Yeah, yeah, I've never had Aaron. No, I've raced with Aaron, but yep. I've never had him with, uh, wave the the double checkers for me.
0: And again, I was in a you know a great thing about going to the Supernats, Everybody's there, so I was in the middle of a lot of conversations with some uh, our good friends in the industry. Uh, a lot of excitement on our side too. We've got some new partners potentially coming on for next year, which makes it all happen. Because without our partners, uh, EKN couldn't be what it is. You know, obviously, we need to have the support of the industry to be able to do what we do and what we provide. To the racing community. We uh I want to thank, of course, everybody from Supercarts USA for working with once again. It's always been a pleasure to work with them for the, for me now, the 25th straight race. And and again, last but not least, big thank you to Mark and Thomas Trailer for helping me out. Mark was, of course, my wrench throughout the entire weekend, uh, running with Rollison Performance Group. Mike Rollison, absolute badass. What a great opportunity it was to be under his tent. And you're gonna get my thoughts on that in one of the future editions. Of my drive to twenty five article series, working with Ben Cooper, Jace Denmark, um, it was don't, really don't forget willpower and willpower. <laughs> it was an honor to be in there and the guys I raced with in the K one hundred Masters class under my tent. You know, Miguel Mir was fantastic. I Had a chance to talk with him quite a bit. Pete Vetter, uh, Mario Barrios, and, and Johnny Blair as well. We just were able to talk a lot about what we were doing. And for a guy like me who doesn't get a, hasn't run a two cycle in a long time. They really kind of stepped me up and helped me make things happen, which was uh, fantastic for sure. Uh, so again, that caps things off, folks. Uh, the bottom line is, thank you so much to you and for me. When it comes to the supernaturals. I want to thank David and Nate first and foremost because while I was out there having fun and up uh, up at five thirty and in a bed at nine thirty. They were busting their ass off. So to you guys, thank you so much. It's been a tremendous season in 2022. We look for a lot more. This isn't the, this isn't the last podcast you're going to hear in 2023. We have a month left. Ton of interviews coming. We're going to line up a bunch of people. Rotex, uh, Team USA, we'll get them on on a broadcast coming soon as well. Tons of stuff happening. We'll have a this weekend carding next week as well. But got to let my guys have a couple of days off. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Uh, <clears throat> enjoy Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Long weekend, guys. Enjoy yourself, enjoy your family. And again, thank you so much for being part of, as David said, of the greatest part of motorsports karting. On behalf of David and Nate, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.